0: Do we we know each other well enough for me to say that this truck is a little much?
1: It's my work truck. If you have problems with your Prius, I can always throw it in the back.
0: How did you know I had a Prius?
1: I
2: took a guess. I I mean, it just seemed like a a tuning car. Why, did you really have a Prius? (laughs) Yeah. Really?
0: I had a Prius. It got vandalized, of course. What happened? Now I'm forced to
3: walk a mile through the project. There these guys, and they started... What? You know, I'm not sure if it was the same guys
1: who trashed my car,
3: but... The guys what? They started
1: getting... You know, it started with yelling when I walked by, and then it got really aggressive, and... What were they doing? Once
0: glass bottles started getting thrown, I started coming to terms with not being cool enough to walk through the project.
2: They threw bottles at you? It's
0: not... I'm, I'm fine. I just have to,
3: you know, go the long way. It's all. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, no.
1: need your help i can't tell you what it is you can never ask me about it later and we're gonna hurt some people who's guy are we gonna take and welcome 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 to the podcast that does i think we're in the tin it's best film ever my name's ian I'm Ethan. And I'm Georgia. Hey, hey, hey. we're not going to tell you if this is our second go at this. Nope.
2: definitely <laughs> not. I, I've had some
1: hardware issues. My laptop's not working. No. It's making a whirring sound.
2: Like a baby droid. And it
1: was, it was. I mean, it was tolerable for watching the film and making notes. I just, if I put it to sleep and then bring it back on, it'll go for like 14 minutes. And then after 14 minutes, it goes, no, I'm going to whir again.
2: But it doesn't <clears> even <throat> like, it's not just a continuous whirring. It will go, uh. uh.
1: Yeah, it does too. It's like a small ring. It does two. It does two warning shots to let you know it's coming. And then it's like, and it's like. It's adorable. Oh, it's not. It's not. No, because if it's your laptop, you're like, nothing adorable about it. I'm like, this just makes me really scared. So I'm What's, taking it in to get repaired tomorrow.
2: not my laptop.
1: So, you know, I'm you know, thankful for multiple laptops in my house, you know, um, just so I can do a Zoom call. So that's really what we're doing. We're doing here. So um, <laughs> uh, it's not the usual big screen experience when we have a guest on here. I've got a laptop propped up on uh, a chair, so uh, we can see. Rever, it's not nearly the glamorous look that uh, it has been in previous uh, times. As I hit the microphone with a bowl, I'm trying to hide. <laughs> Because we're professional. Equal. Yeah, we are. <laughs> we have a patriot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about where we charted this week. Uh, we charted in America, Ooh. in Canada. No Canada. One's, thank you. No one's going to do that. Jeez. In Australia, in South Korea, the Netherlands, India, Pakistan, and number 47 here at home in Great Britain. Woo. Hey. Yay. Yeah. So Great Britain who are, well, not Great Britain, England. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> talk people
3: through
2: while like you're <laughs> Oh, dear. So amongst everything else, the cable to the laptop came out and the little ping came up that went, your battery is running low, so oh, no. <laughs> you might want to plug oh. it in.
1: Stick with us, folks. We'll get it figured out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm sure eventually have mentioned Liam's not here today. Yeah. It's now two weeks in a row. It's not because Liam's quit the pod. No. <laughs> it's because he always had this week booked off. And then he had an emergency last week. So, nor is it, you know, some sort of uh, beef with Reverend Bruce. No, definitely (laughs) not. So, as you should know, because Liam, did we did a cedar skip it on Elvis. So Not like like my
2: beef with uh, Jay Salahi.
1: No, that's right. (laughs) So, we've got Elvis, uh, a cedar skip it in the can. Check that out. Uh, Check out our Bruce Willis Real Roundtable, if you haven't done so already. Numbers are very good on that. Uh, Check out Air Force One, which had great day one numbers, and then crashed (laughs) <laughs> oh, how fitting. How fitting. Um, and then uh, George and I just recorded a see it or skip it on The Gray Man.
2: Yeah.
3: Ooh. Which will be
1: coming out on Friday.
2: Friday.
3: Which
1: now makes me feel good because now I can watch the uh, pitch meeting on it. Yeah. I don't let myself watch <laughs> pitch meeting if I haven't seen the films.
2: I watch them if I'm not ever going to watch the film.
1: But oh, I never do. No, no, no. No, I do. And,
2: funny.
1: and then it's like, and then I, I don't do it until after we've recorded because I don't want to... Subconsciously
2: say things that they've already said.
1: Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Now, if something comes up on both of ours, it's because we're both, you know, both the BFE and the pitch meeting, the BFE and the PM. There's a collaboration I want to see happen.
2: That
3: would um, be cool. <laughs> that
1: would be cool. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be super easy, barely an inconvenience. But <laughs> uh.
2: Ryan, someone isn't he? Does it? Ryan George. Ryan George.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which I'm assuming isn't his real last name. Don't know. You never know. um But Or oh yeah, because you don't want to nick. N- no But if we both happen to come up with it And that means we're both intelligent people
2: Or oh, you both have a really awful sense of humour One of the two
1: We're both Canadians <laughs> People don't know the pitch meaning guys Canadian.
2: Yeah. Oh. Is, yeah. I, I thought it was two people to begin with anyway so you know that, i think that was like the ultimate Ge- case that was the ultimate
1: face- was yeah that yeah. was, was a deep cut if you're if you remember the b- <laughs> fan of the bfe when georgia didn't realize the pitch meeting was the same guy talking to himself <laughs> oh really <laughs> like <two different> people. <laughs> wow wow wow, <laughs> wow, 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 wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's give our wow wow wows to our friends of the page on, page blah 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 there's has for the end of the year for our friends of the podcast who help keep the lights on here. Our Patreon backers—they would be who you will hear from later today. Reverend Bruce, Reverend Bruce, Julene, Julene. Hermes, Hermes. He's doing the same thing. Hermes. is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Lena Oberholzer,
2: Lena Oberholzer,
1: Katie McRae, Katie McRae, and Sidney and Davies, and and Davies, Chris Peterson,
2: Chris Peterson, Randall Silva. Randall Silver
1: Dwayne Smith And Arden Smith I'll start them Go down You went up for that one yeah. Okay The Yeet Meister
2: Yeet Meister Nate the Great Nate the Great Andy Dixon Andy Dixon And Cheesy With a visual. on a bike.
1: There we are
4: <laughs> I'm watching Georgia just break in real time. That's right. This is incredible.
1: Uh, let's do some reflections and corrections. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. This could only be me. Uh, no, not really. Uh, we mentioned last week about mobile phones and the first mobile phones. If, uh, I shared a story about <laughs> soaking my sister's mobile phone in uh, cola, basically, in my pocket that was very waterproof, unfortunately. And so uh, my sister actually mentioned about the can that it came in. So my sister found it, the can. And a card with the phone on it or something like that and sent me the picture. So I did tweet those out for anybody who is at all uh, interested. It's on the BFE Twitter account at best film ever pod. I'm
2: going to have a look. It was i was horrifying missed that story, to see.
1: So. Uh, she said, the fact I knew exactly where it was surprised me. Seven and a half years ago when I moved into my current home, I found $80 in it. I should open it up oh. again and see if anything is in it now. Uh, Dwayne thinks Kirsty should call me on it. <laughs> The amount of work it would take to set that phone up just to make the phone call for that joke—I'd <laughs> be surprised if a server's even recognized it. Can I get a sim for the how? I mean, how old would this? Oh, would it be a standard sim? I have no idea. So, um, let's talk about friend of the podcast. Ethan, help me out with this, would you? Yep. Dwayne Smith. Yep. Dwight Smith, uh, regarding the Bruce Willis Real roundtable, said, "'It's been a long time coming, but I really enjoyed this. I, of course, missed George's energy. Uh, of the ones none of you had seen, I would say hostage alpha dog and lucky number 11 are all worth a watch, particularly for Liam. You hear that, buddy?' All right, cool. Uh, he says, "'I uh, also remember Out of This World,' which was, "'Does a moon beam home in a jar?' "'Something, something, something, as the paint can it falls.'" um I, I mentioned that because you were looking something up georgia georgia looked, took a great offense at me throwing to ethan for the Dwayne's
2: i can multitask okay oh, now yes
1: <laughs> uh, have you found the uh the yeah tweet? i found the pictures there you go um I, what,
2: what, what was with the coca-cola part of that story though
1: oh it was the idea that so i brought my sister's cell phone right and I put it in my pocket. And for yeah. some reason, I nicked a, a can of Coke from from home, not from a store. Yeah. And had them both in the same pocket. And yeah. somehow the can had punctured. Oh. And it wasn't until it was at McDonald's later on that I saw this liquid sort of just a little bit just dripping from my pocket. And I'm like, that's weird. And I put my hand in it. And it was like what it was like a swimming pool of soda yeah so, <laughs> so it you was, broke
2: a phone so you bought her a phone in a can
1: yes and she did not appreciate the fact that it wasn't her like her old was like a brick it was <laughs> like just a black giant phone with orange numbers that's all it did orange right. numbers and that was and this at least had like some little functionality to it and it had like a little like it wasn't fully flipped but like the bottom half was a flip
2: it says flip phone with vibe alert yep. yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, that's when vibration on your phone would have been like a selling point. Yeah. Like, we've we've added vibration.
2: And it's not the size of a house. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and I heard, I liked my old phone. Well, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Hermie said, I'm sorry, I missed this one. I really wanted to give my thoughts. That's about uh, Air Force One. That's what we did last week. Uh, okay, Georgia, I apologize. Let's make it up here. Friend of the podcast, Dwayne Smith. Hi,
2: Dwayne Smith. Says,
1: you're up in the air, but thin on the ground this week. And we were thin on the ground, but it was just <laughs> me and Ethan trying our best to power through and make it. There we are. uh Hermes. And Hermes, we were discussing a little bit, Ethan, about how many countries, they go, let's do this one for the red, white, and blue. And I want many countries mm-hmm. that are red, white, and blue. Mm hmm. UK's red, white, and blue. Australia. France. New Zealand. Russia. Yep. Yeah. And so I I have the full list this week Oh, Oh, of red, white and blue countries. Cool. So let's do it for the red, white and blue could be sung in Chile, Russia, Serbia, Montenegro, Croatia, the Netherlands, Paraguay, Russia, Slovakia, the Czech Republic, France, Costa Rica, Cuba, Malaysia, Norway, Iceland, here at home in the UK. And of course, let's not forget our friends, North Korea. I (laughs) want to hear what's the leader's name again? Kim jong Yeah, I want to hear Kim <laughs> jong <Jun-nin laughs> saying, let's, let's do, do it for the red, red, white, and blue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. He's, there is something to the fact that Americans all think everyone else is American.
1: Hermes does say other countries may have the colors, but ours is the best combination. And I categor- it's a very good one. It's an attractive flag. The Union Jack from, I'm sorry. It's beautiful. The Union Jack is a great looking flag. As I say as, too as, much. A, as, a, as a third party. Oh, I disagree. As I say, as a third party, the Union Jack, like when that flies, you're like, yeah, it's a government flag.
3: Yeah.
4: That's oh no, it. I meant I meant the the U S one has oh, the US one. for me. There's so much
1: going on, and the U the U K was just so much simpler, and it, it's just pretty to look at. Um, Too many stars. The, the the pro wrestler Kurt Angle once came out at WrestleMania. It was being held in Texas, and Texas is red, white, and blue as well. Yeah, with one star, and he comes out and goes, "I got some news about your flag, folks. It's missing about 49 stars." <laughs> he's great um where are we at here um russell the posty says just finished genuinely gobsmacked at some of the scores four out of ten i'm just saying if you want to have your say (laughs) in the movies and give them the ranking you think they deserve was that for air force air force one air force one
2: i'm glad i wasn't hit. then
1: patreon.com slash bfe yes kept it simple for you we did change those votes hey i gave it an eight i thought it was a good movie so everybody else went like six and a half. So, you know, and then, the, and then the Patreon went nuts.
2: It did make me laugh, though. Look, I mean, I at least turned up to the Studio of Awesomeness last week. I didn't stay and watch the film or do the pod, but I, I said hi. Yeah, so Liam. <laughs> and so did Liam. He, he at least watched the film. I sat
1: and talked to <laughs> you guys for like an hour, and then when it was time to record, I looked around, I'm like... <laughs> Oh, I'm alone. (laughs) Hi, Ethan. It's just a constant message. Okay. Liam's going to be a bit late, but we're going to go ahead and get off. George is out. Okay, great. And then, okay, he might be a little bit later than he first thought. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. He's not coming. Can we do it now instead? (laughs) And Ethan, bless him, was very amenable. Every time I asked him a request, he went, yeah, whatever you need. (laughs) So for everybody who thinks that Ethan and I have real beef. Yeah. No, not the
4: case. No, no, nah, it's not. We don't work that into the script. No. We only do that sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's just, <laughs> well, it's just the two of us. It's like we we really we really can't do the whole like enemy shtick because we actually need <laughs> each other right
4: now. You know what it's like, uh, like an X Man movie, and they're like, okay, we need to bring our differences aside just this once I'm
1: my Professor X, or am I? Am I Magni? I'm probably Magneto though. Am I? I don't know.
4: I'd say you're probably more Professor X because he brings the, everyone together. At does that sound yeah. like me?
1: So um,
4: Magneto is just a bull of unnecessary rage.
1: Well, you know what? That's a fitting that uh, me, comparison because those are both <laughs> fine British actors. And Josh from the next favorite movie thinks the secret to our success must be the number of British accents we have on the pod. So two. Well, uh, the question I had was: <laughs> Do they hear Ethan's accent as English, or do they hear Ethan's accent as Kiwi? Because Ethan's accent is definitely blended.
2: They hear Ethan's yeah. accent as Australian, not as Kiwi. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> half the time Americans <laughs> think English accents are Australian. Half the time they yeah. think Australian accents are English. I bet, because I even ask myself, because I'm going, there's times when Ethan sounds especially Kiwi to me, but that's usually if he's been around family or been talking to people yeah. like that. Mm. Most time, Ethan comes off sounding pretty English to me. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, there are similarities, especially between like the Norfolk accent and Kiwi. There is, there is yeah. definitely similarities. So, so, yeah, there
1: are there are
4: words that I'll say that will like bring it out. I've got my, I've got two. Of my uncles are coming down uh, tomorrow from New Zealand, and I've not seen them in three so years. Maybe so maybe we'll hear next week. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. No, may, maybe there
1: we go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, I was sitting there going. Well, you said, well, two two of your members are British. I said, well, how how technical do you want to get here?
2: Technically we all are. Technically, all yeah. four of us
1: are British. So obviously, you'd be hard pressed to call us a British accent, but it's an accent <laughs> of a British man. Yes, <laughs> much like how Ethan goes is is a student at A Cambridge, Cambridge University. University. Yeah, this is this is an accent of a British man. Yeah, <laughs> but also <laughs> or a Brits it accent It
2: does crack me up because even like in our tiny tiny like even like the uk as a whole how small it oh, is it'd be a the of, regional accents yeah. that we have are but, but horrendous but, but,
1: but i would say that to most foreigners you don't hear that so you, no. you know like like a someone in the states or canada would hear liam's very pronounced norfolk accent and still be like oh it's
2: such oh, a nice english like,
1: accent oh he's like prince william
2: are they saying that <laughs> well i went on no,
1: a <laughs> maybe not prince william this week oh, right, like, I, was
2: okay. I went on a work trip with some friends so from like people from where we are up to Yorkshire now it's only actually two two hours drive away so for a lot of places that's like same state like uh, and anything but we went up there and the Yorkshire accent is different yep um it's a bit more like this a bit more northern let us yeah yeah we went up there i'll continue this just for the bit we went up there We went to a aqua park swimming pool and we went in the swimming pool and some little kids little boys they heard us talking and they went are you from australia (laughs) (laughs) proper crack me up because so they're like no we're just from two hours south of yeah. you guys heck if you go now it's
1: an like Jody Whittaker was in the room yeah if you go if you go an hour east uh, to like Suffolk yeah like my friends who have like these very posh Suffolk accents in comparison to like the
2: even like 20 minutes east is. oh if you yeah. go like
1: to East Norfolk instead yeah, yeah. Of, of West Norfolk I mean the West Norfolk's very it's very close to, to like um, a West Country accent actually
2: a proper, proper farmer yeah. in Norfolk is very yeah. West Country yeah, yeah.
1: Mm. so i'm trying to think of what west country would be an example of but i'm trying to think of what they'd be in it's like the, popular culture it's
2: like the texas of the uk <laughs> it is it? you're not wrong yeah <laughs>
1: um so there we go so josh maybe it is the number of british accents who knows um he was retweeting i think he saw a tweet and tagged us in it and i yeah. was like yep you're probably not wrong there andy dixon says uh that's our newest member of the uh of the BFE friends of the Woo! podcast. When you went down the cul de sac about people renaming Quidditch to Quadball, there was something about Ethan renaming football with Kixie Kixie, burst out laughing. <laughs> uh, I hadn't seen Air Force One, so I couldn't comment on the film, but still a great listen as always. Hey, thanks a lot, Andy. AD. Hey. AD. I like that. AD. Uh, Nate the Great says, Bruce knows how to pick him, The town is so great and the second best heist movie ever, in my opinion. Uh, Great Air Force One conversation. I love it when it's just you and Ethan. No discredit to Georgia or Liam. (laughs) Honestly, I skipped your phase five talk, not to be disrespectful. And I think it's okay because people clearly have favorites. Um, You know, Dwayne Smith. (laughs) Dwayne Smith. (laughs) People clearly have their favorites. I was like, oh, that's that's really quite nice to say. And he says, well, look, it, it works just as well. Uh, I said, I said, you know, thanks for saying that, because I do worry sometimes it's not the four of us. It probably means someone's favorite isn't on the pod. Yeah. And it requires um, a whole lot more of me, but it also changes the dynamic between what we're doing. So the Ethan that presents himself when it's me and him is different from the Ethan when we have four of us. Yeah. 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 And so I said, I'm always a little bit worried that we throw off the dynamic a bit when, when we're a bit short. And he said, no, it works just as well when you're not at full strength. It's fun to hear your relationship with each one come through when you do the two-person pods. So yeah. That's always my fear when we do like the Marvel shows,
4: or who do you think you are? I'm like, oh am, am I able to keep this going? It just just me and Ian or are they gonna be like, Oh, Ethan's talking again.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm thinking when you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no fair, me too. It's fun, no, and i when you so when you threw that together, I was like, Then then you gotta lead because it needs to mm. be something different from our regular format. Because our regular formats You me (laughs) and then you know throw to you guys for for assist just as the way i mean to facilitate i think someone's got to have that 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 role i think that that works
2: you never know what you're going to get with me it depends what mood i'm in and what the film it was that is true (laughs) i am an agent of chaos
1: there is the potential you might just disappear moments before we turn the mics on as well that is true so if you were hosting we'd be like oh Oh, and she's gone (laughs) she's gone (laughs) <laughs> uh let's take a look here uh russell says this was an alvis is in regards to uh liam and i doing elvis this was an absolute tangent fest i'm serious if you If you just love it when we don't talk about movies, but just go on to anything else, listen to the first part of Elvis. Even if you have no intention of seeing the movie, because we talk very little about that movie in the first 20 minutes. Oh, it's so little. so, so little. Um, But he says, it was an absolute tangent fest, but all the more entertaining for it. Have you ever thought about doing an episode every so often where you just get together, crack open a drink, and just talk about whatever you want? i think it'll be because you all know each other so well and therefore a fantastic chemistry might be awful to edit though i do so little editing these days on these on these pods that uh pretty much what you hear is what you get for the most part unless we do a colossal screw up or someone says someone's (laughs) surname
3: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. um yeah it's about it's about it really um uh have we ever thought about i mean the, the 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 mailbag's kind of designed to be somewhat like that, but it is still structured. So my fear, mm. I said, is that cause these things gonna be it's it's like when you go to the club. And by the club, I should explain what a social club is. A social club
2: Like a member. Like club. a pub.
1: It's yeah. it's halfway between a pub and a it, it's not classy enough to be a pub, but it's also not sleazy enough to be a bar. I love that you count pubs as classy. <laughs> <laughs> well pubs are like no, but pubs are like I'm trying, to describe, I'm trying to describe Present it for global audience so it's probably closer to like a low rent pub yeah the decor is nothing special it's just a place with some usually some some very you know i've got it yeah
2: i know how to describe it go ahead it does depend on people having played the sims though you know like when you went to go to like put a bar in your sims house and you pick the really all the really cheap stuff and not the fancy stuff it's like that
1: it's like that's the, so vague it almost works it's like it's the functional. best it's like if someone had a man cave that was really big yeah that's probably the best way i can put it yeah uh with like you know cheaper tables and cheaper chairs like but also sims. but also cheaper pints as a result of that the sims and so where i'm going with this is it's sometimes you go and you try to make something happen yeah and you're like this will be the best night ever woo and, and be honest you just not fe- you can't make these things happen and then sometimes hmm. you just go out thinking you're going for 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 like one and, and then, end up leaving at two in the morning. And, and, and you have a great evening, but you can't plan them most of the time. So my fear is that we turn on the mics with the intention of, let's just have this really fun conversation, guys.
2: Yeah, it'd be difficult, I think, as well, to do it without like revealing a lot of like personal life stuff. Well,
1: I mean... Yeah.
2: It, without structuring it to have other topics.
1: It's it's also really, yeah, because we, we do have situations where two of us work in education. Yeah. So uh, we got to pull the punches on... Oh, I mean, there's limits to what we can share. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, and then, then where do you? I don't want because then where do you go? Do you talk about Paul? I don't want to talk about politics. No, no, it's, nah. it's, it's just not my thing. Um, Although
2: anyone who is in the politics race at the moment, or at least knows what's going on in the UK, both myself and Ian have met Liz Truss in the past. And <laughs> who is
1: the bookie's choice to be the next prime minister? I don't know about you. Wait, but- seriously?
2: Yeah. Oh uh, god. I'm on a Twitter page. In fact, there's a picture of me. I'm not. Uh, high school.
1: But she, she referred to me it. as a...
2: Inspirational Robbie Williams types. Not Robbie, Robbie, Robbie
1: Williams. Robbie. <laughs> you told me
3: this so many I've times. got the
1: gift, gonna stick it in your goal. It's time to move your body. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lizzie, I dance for write. me. <laughs> the dies. problem is, you you know she danced like, like, like Theresa May does. You know yeah.
2: it. And she's gonna like be like, her most reckless thing. It's not gonna be running oh. in a cornfield. It's gonna be like, running She's through. gonna have
1: all the awkwardness of Theresa May mixed with like, all the policies of Boris Johnson. Like this. This is, this is it's terrible. Oh, at least Boris had like a charm. Have you seen that I mean, video comes where, from like, Norfolk, like, where she yeah. can't figure out where to leave?
0: Where to leave the room? No, no, no.
1: It's, she's, uh, I think she's like giving some
4: speech about like what she's done so far for like the the country, like economically. She's like, and next Jeez. week I'll be in Beijing to open new pork markets. Yeah. And she has this like awful trash. Like she same, doesn't know where she is. It's
1: the same thing Boris would do, man. Yeah. Um, so that's what—that's the answer to that. Um, <laughs> let's do a quick promo here. Best month ever two Best Month Boogaloo <laughs> over at our, our friend Josh, your next favorite movie, which you should check out all the weeks yeah. of the year, not just the ones when we're on, but you should do it especially the ones that we're on. Yeah. Uh, and the first one up is Georgia on August 9th. So if you're listening <laughs> to this on day of release mm-hmm. a week today, Georgia will have an episode also released on Best uh, sorry, on Best Month Ever 2, Best Month Boogaloo, on your next favorite movie, yeah. Josh, talking about yeah. Tangled.
3: Yeah. Oh.
1: So what I think I'll do is we'll, we'll sort of reveal each person's pick mm-hmm. as we come up to it. So next week, we'll we'll, we'll say again that you're doing Tangled, yeah. and we'll mention what Ethan's doing, because he'll be on deck at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be August 9th, Georgia, August 16th, Ethan, August 23rd, Liam, August 30th, me. Yeah. What I think is clearly an attempt to exhaust the audience on best film ever. <laughs> get them nice and resentful before you put Ian on so he can't claim all the metric wins you like I did last year. You literally
2: just flipped the order.
1: Because last <laughs> time I was first, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah. And I was last. Oh, is that right? Yeah. There we go. Let's do some proper shout outs. Uh, Zav, Zav over on the Instagram um, wants us to do a cleared for takeoff on uh, uh, prison break. Oh, which I'm not opposed to. It just was a matter of just trying to fit it into the schedule and seeing who's available and who's around. I've seen very little of it. So I can't, usually one of us gets to be the expert. I'm not, I've saw season one and that was it. So, uh, there we go. A cheesy asks, did Liam ask just say not to spoil the boys because he hasn't seen it yet? I don't think he'll make it past the first episode if he thinks Men in Black is too gory. I think Liam's on season three. So I think Liam's goriness factor comes and goes
2: i think he yeah. doesn't like practical gore so if it's like slime and stuff that they've actually covered the actors in on set he doesn't like it but if it's cgi and like fake stuff this is
1: this is pretty visceral georgia oh, yeah, <laughs> with, no, ha- I know
4: what- with
1: how season three what opened oh do you? have you seen
2: it no but i know what it is
1: okay. it's <laughs> rough a
2: complete news
3: it's yeah.
1: really rough um step taylor for the uh, love Uh, ray from being bookish love being bookish give it a listen if you're into books whether you read them or just buy them and leave them for years but claim that you've got them that's me Uh, julene for the love sci-fi remnant for the love so wizard for the love Always, all the love for Carlo, lo, 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 lo. Ethan, you and I were talking about Xander Berkeley last week and said, I think he's in some movies. He's the guy who played the CIA agent who goes rogue. So, like you said, he played Todd Voigt in Terminator 2. That's John Connor's foster parent. Uh, we also I- must have had him in, in The Rock because he was in that as well. So glad you brought up that the film was stretched for 20 extra minutes after the bad guy dies. 90 action films are notorious for this. Face Off should have ended at the church, but has the boat chase. Speed should have ended when the bus explodes, but then goes to the subway. Yeah, they were really like, one more dangerous thing. It's like, let it go. Uh, on that I note, know. anybody here that Frozen 3 was officially yeah. greenlit, I believe, this week? Was it? Oh, I thought that was just or, like Or have I fallen like th- th- for a one line. of those things? Oh, uh, I, uh, might be. I thought that was a not I don't know. Someone Google Frozen 3. i uh, I haven't seen it. I'll push yet. the yellow button if I need to. Ta squid, uh, ta two squid for the love. Uh, random word time. Ethan Ooh. picked parachute. Uh, the contestants are Hermes with the Deadpool two one of the guy with the glasses and he's what, oh, he's yeah. just a normal guy in the grease. Lucky is that <laughs> is that his thing? No, what's Domino's lucky? What's what's his skill? He's just a guy. He's just a guy. Yeah. Uh, Cheesy did Bart doing the Running Man to Parachute Pants. Josh, your next favorite movie, Golden Girls, a parachute drop-in. Ian Davies with a Simpsons group jump, with the parachute pants. Interesting. Uh-huh. Russell Osborne with Chandler Bing. Oh, no, this parachute is a knapsack. Andy <laughs> Dixon with a unicorn parachute. Uh, my sister Kirsty with uh, Trump doing his little Trump dance, but they've superimposed a, uh, a, a parachute on him. So it doesn't just pull the reins of a parachute, and then um, we also had Carlo with Wiley Coyote pointing to his head to say he's smarter than everybody else. I going to give third place to Wiley Coyote pointing to his head, like he's smarter than everybody else, because I appreciate the idea of people being big on the fact that they're clever. Second place, I'm going to give to my sister, who I thought was going to win uh, with the Trump's dance with the parachute, but I had missed somehow the Chandler Bing, oh, oh, this parachute is a knapsack. (laughs) You actually found the word parachute used correctly in the sitcom itself. That's a win. Chandler Bing is always a win. So there we go. So why not give us a review? You won't need a parachute for that. Five stars, Apple or Spotify. After all, I hear five is a magic number.
2: Five. Five is a magic oh, number.
1: Thank you. All right. So.
2: Uh, you got suckered in. Oh,
1: did I? Okay. Yeah. So.
2: There's a mistake. Think
1: I'm right. You can't go wrong thinking they'll just keep, you know, putting more stuff out there.
2: Basically, what happened was Kristen Bell was asked by Jimmy Fallon if she thought there would be a Frozen 3. She said, yeah. And she said, yeah, I can't actually officially say anything, but yeah, I think there will be.
1: All right. I can't officially, it's pretty much saying, yeah. Hey, Jimmy, ask me this question. Wait, Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Okay, a bit different. Then. I, I had a whole logic behind that. Um, can we talk about this for two minutes? It's my new favorite. Uh, thing. Talk about what? Oh, I, I, I asked that and I'll tell you what we're gonna talk about.
2: Oh, okay, what? Well, uh, I've
1: done it for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. you might know. But, yeah, that's right. Can we talk about this for two minutes? And the topic is Will Smith's Apology.
4: Ah, oh, yeah, this is... This, <laughs> Ethan messaged
1: just to tell us this had taken place. I'm um, always
4: sad Liam's not here, because I think he's the most opinionated out of us from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Uh, I mean, I've got pretty strong opinions on Will Smith. Uh, I found it to be well-constructed, but ultimately insincere.
4: It it was... I, I think I said in, in the group chat, I was like, it's six minutes of waffle... Because there's nothing really that, that's either new or like breaking ground because he's already apologized before. He's talking about it again, I guess in a bit more context, but then it's also just a, a deflection of, oh, well, blah, blah, like, don't blame anyone else. This isn't Jada Pinkett Smith or this he isn't gave Jada some yeah. cover.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 100% on me. The way I acted was 100% not right. Um, okay, those were good statements. There was a few, even if someone offends or is rude, I'm like, uh, okay. Um, I think it
4: was how he ended it. It was just like, okay, this is just a really weird press statement because it's like, we'll yeah. all be friends again. And I'm like, okay. He
1: just- said, yeah, I mean, he said that um, he's trying to walk around and not feel ashamed of what he did. And I'm like, I, I think that's part of it. But times that I've no, made no. horrific mistakes, I do feel shame for those things. Yeah. And if you don't feel shame, can you feel guilt without shame? I don't know. Accountability. yeah, I did that, but sh- shame is kind of like going, but I'm not going to punish myself for it. I, I, I think, mm. I'm not actually sure if we to perpetually punish himself, but we're talking, it's just a few months later. And for him to go, I'm trying not to feel like a piece of ble- you know bleep. Um, I I'm. Go- I think that's part of the, the, the healing process is going that that guilt, that shame forces you to be a better person tomorrow than you were today. Am I wrong?
4: Yeah, I think that there's a lot that is I'm thinking is behind closed doors. Liam said it's like a like sort of to to save face, almost like it was like a PR thing, like for the, his industry and all that. There is, there is a lot that definitely isn't being said. And by not saying it, kind of says it, I think, because it's, it's so, it's so, the, the video itself, it's six minutes of, uh, it's a multi camera, yep. uh, six minute video, very cleanly edited with like text and there's a whole transcript and everything. So this has been like, this is a lot
1: of, released a to lot his of f- work. Released to his official YouTube channel.
4: To his official YouTube channel, yeah. all of that. Um, it definitely feels, Like, effort's been put into it to also say, but not say things. Basically, just say, hey, look, I've said it.
1: Yeah. And move on. It's also the same week that Chris Rock has started to talk about it himself.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. The
1: timing of that's really quite interesting. Mm. Um, Because
4: he also deflects almost like Chris uh, says he doesn't want to speak to me yet and needs time. And it kind of almost feels like he's trying (laughs) to
1: get Chris to talk about it. Like, uh, he's left him
2: on national TV.
1: I'm going okay, if Chris doesn't want to talk to you, it doesn't mean you open your YouTube and do your apology yeah. to him there. This was more about him needing other people to hear him apologize to Chris than actually yeah. apologizing to Chris. That's that's my reading of it.
4: Yeah, it's it's like six minutes of waffle, nothing else really said. It's just acknowledging it yeah, Not entirely taking accountability and also deflecting the, the
1: major criticisms. Which is interesting when he goes, I 100% take responsibility. It's like, it doesn't feel like you are. See, guys, it's going to be okay because we'll be buddies again. MIB. Aha. Um, anything we haven't said yet that you want to say, Georgia?
2: Not watched it. So.
1: Then that uh, would be that.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, can we talk about this for two minutes? Ooh. Paul Sorvino, unfortunately, passes away. Lord Capulet in the Romeo and Juliet
2: Oh yeah, that shit
1: show. Yeah. um Also the 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 big you know um, mob boss in um, Polly, I think was his name. Polly? I think it was Polly. in in, in Goodfellas. I've not seen Goodfellas. Oh, yeah, with well, us at that point. Chase. Yeah, Goodfellas I need, I gr- know I need to. Goodfellas is great, but for me, he'll always be Lord Capulet. You know, and you be mine. I'll give you to my friend, and you'll be not hang, beg, starve, die in the streets. I'll not be forsworn.
2: He was very very good in it. I just don't like the film. No,
1: it's fine. But I think he's I think he's fantastic as Lord Capulet because I feel his love and I feel his rage and I'm like that bit where he shakes her and the camera isn't so tight oh he's so good as is Miriam Mar- Marg so you know but you know we're talking about Paul Servino for mm. for an obvious reason so yeah, um, yeah I, it might have been Step Taylor I think who said that Servino played a wonderfully abominable Papa Bear. And I'll agree with that. <laughs> yeah. One last, can we talk about this for two minutes? Yeah. Yesterday was the final episode <clears throat> of Nick and Russ don't know anything. Oh, oh was it? So oh. at least in the current format in which it sits. So if you've been listening, our, our, Nick and Russ were two of our very first friends in this podcast game. Yeah. Uh, they've guested on the show. We've guessed it on their show. Uh, Liam and I even dressed up to do a British remake of Nick and Russ Don't Know Anything called Ian and Liam Know (laughs) Everything uh, as the introduction to their second season. So that was a lot of fun. And a friend of the podcast, Dan Mackeltz, did the voiceover to mimic theirs. So they've decided that talking politics all the time is just depressing them.
3: Yep. Because,
1: I um, I mean, it's no different than, I guess, over here, but I think just more of the same issues, but like hyper intensified. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're left wing, you're always gonna vote left wing and no one's ever gonna talk you into voting right wing. If you're right wing, you're always gonna vote right wing and you're very little gonna talk left wing. And what happens is it just everybody shouting and it's just become they're surrounding themselves with what they feel is stress and the negatives of life and that's all they're focusing on. So they're 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 putting a pin in that and saying, I think we're good talking about that for now. So they're going to get into the same sort of business we're doing. They're going to do some TV and film stuff. So I think it's Nick and Russ binge everything or something like that. (laughs) So we welcome them. We welcome them. Like we said, there's there's room for more than one at the table. We welcome them. We're looking very forward to their debut. So all the best. Nick and Russ. They've done stuff with with movies and stuff in the past. So, um, yeah, I think that will give them more happy things to talk about. And happiness is a good thing all right that's the end of that so let's talk about the town brought to us the by town. reverend bruce the town <laughs> <laughs> um why are we doing this it's the pick of uh bff of the bfe reverend bruce yeah. and if Ooh. you so if you so are inclined and you want to get on the pod and you want to say hey watch this movie and let me come on and talk about it uh patreon.com slash bfe um so we'll let bruce talk about we're just gone, Bruce. We'll let, we'll let good old RB tell us why he chose this film when he comes on. Uh, also about the special anniversary that's just occurred for him. Uh, the town, uh, the first time I saw this was today. It's my first watch. Everybody else? Yep, first watch. First watch. There we are. So first watch for everybody on the town was today. So as I'm known to do, I think when it is my first watch, I try and stay away from contextual stuff because I just want to experience the film yeah and mm-hmm. if i know all these little trivia bits i don't get to enjoy the film so i that's what we're getting here so reverend bruce will come on and tell us all the stuff we didn't know yeah at the end yeah. so we're gonna go through our deep dive sort of our commentary da, da 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 and go on from there all i knew about this was that it was a heist film and it was directed by ben affleck that was what i knew going in mm-hmm. i wasn't even sure he was in it right and <laughs> then found out yes he was so um we get a you know our title card from warner brothers and we have uh, a few chirons that pop up on the screen in order to acclimatize ourselves to the town and by the town they mean
2: charlestown charleston
1: that's right so tell us about charleston
2: All right, so we get one blue color boston neighborhood has produced more bank robbers and armored car thieves than anywhere in the world Bank robbery became like a trade in Charleston, passed down from father to son, which is from a federal agent of the Boston Robbery Task Force. And then we get one more quote that says, I'm proud to be from Charlestown. It ruined my life, literally, but I'm proud. Here's a man from Charleston who would put that in the Boston Globe.
1: And we start by looking at this armored car, and there's a voiceover describing the height, the weight, the behavior mannerisms of the two guys driving the armored car. And we think it's just a voiceover. It's sort of omnisciently telling us what's going on, but it's not. It's actually Ben Affleck prepping his guys because they're going to take the armored car, and they know every move. And we start here with Doug McRae played by Ben Affleck. Um I mean, are we, is this our first Ben Affleck film? I feel we've seen him in something before.
4: For for like the the main pod, yeah. I if you want to count Justice League when we did that for sea or Escape, no. Like I for mean the main pod. I mean no. the main pod. I think this is our yeah. first Ben Affleck.
1: One hundred and thirty something episodes, one hundred thirty three, before we got so. to Ben Affleck. Wow. So, I'll tell you what's was effective. They go in and they cut to the CCTV, and when they cut to the CCTV, they kill the diegetic sound. It's just it's just a, a vacuum. Yeah. Instead, they a
4: lot with this film, and it's really well done. That's really well
1: done. I haven't seen that before as a technique—not score, not anything, just just nothing. Uh, was there a lot of score in this film? I didn't really pick up a lot of score.
2: The score I picked up sounded like it belonged in Finding Nemo, and that really threw me off. Yes, didn't it? I was
1: yeah. yeah. It's the. Do, 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 do. yeah
4: they're and like I, the underwater yeah like, I don't know,
2: it's a lot of it's underwater but like the underwater like quiet parts of finding yeah.
4: nemo like, part of <laughs> the, the first, like when when the I, when the I title finding nemo itself. appears it's, yeah, right, off, it's, it's right
1: when he finds little right. nemo yeah, yeah it's the only best score i could ever pick up so we go from the cctv which is a static shot obviously because it's cctv and it's black mm-hmm. and white and it's there's no sound to then it'll intersperse cut with handheld camera work frantically yeah. moving around as they as they rob the place it's that's a great choice
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah um we see them and like how meticulous these guys are they take everybody's cell phones and then they put them in water
2: yeah
1: i'm like that's so clever so you can't record anybody there's no fear of it getting out
2: didn't put it in coca-cola they did they,
1: they didn't <laughs> put it in coca-cola that's 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 also effective <laughs>
2: they bought them all phones and cans
1: afterwards maybe Uh, they they grab a girl who i just thought was a teller it turns out she's a bank manager uh and they say what time is the vault open nine o'clock or 8 15 and this question's kind of stupid because he knows yeah so he's just messing with her but it's ben affleck with a it was hard not to compare this to point break at times while i was watching it ethan were you here for point break no, I oh wasn't. okay. M from *Verbal Liar* I also with us for *Point Break*. You remember *Point breaks surfers who Rob Banks?
2: Surfers who Rob Banks, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and I so,
2: like
3: hair, man. Rather, oh, well, yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's Liam's, film. yeah. Um, and then, so you put the, um, so they have these masks on that seem really ghoulish and horror-like, and um, you know, but we can make out at least which one's Affleck. He's got that, and he says, "Remember, it's not your money. You know, you don't need to. It's not, it's not, it's not your cash." Yeah. Um And then the bank manager himself, I guess he's the assistant bank manager. Um, He's this old guy who's been in everything. He was an Alias. He was in – he's just a guy. I don't know what else to say. He's just in everything.
2: <laughs> he's in everything. If you, Names if one. If one. you put in assist, okay, <laughs>
1: assistant bank manager, Alias – this happens a lot. We
4: always see a guy. We have this with uh, Air Force One. There's just so many guys that are in stuff, but never like big parts.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the rewatchables even does like, who's the that guy in this movie? You know? yeah. I'm not trying to do that, but I am going... Um, there's some people who just show up a lot, and you're like, what is this guy from? And you know, we, we happen to have some in the last couple that really demonstrated that. I'm just looking for a cast list. Why can't I find a cast list on Alias? Because if I find that... I'll find everything. Where are you at? Here he is. Victor Garber is his name. What uh, name? Yeah, it's a great name. Victor Garber was worked with Affleck as well in... There it is. Here's who this guy is. You know who he is? He's the guy in Titanic who apologizes to Rose and didn't build her a better boat. Oh. He's the guy. He's the president of the white ship Steam Line or whatever it is. Okay. He's that guy. He's also been Legally Blonde for what it's worth.
2: I mean, I'm much more interested in that. Who is Ian Legally Blonde?
1: He's probably in, like, he is Professor... Oh, he's a professor. He's the...
2: Callahan. Yeah. That's, see, that's, that's a much bigger part. <laughs> much more interesting.
1: It's, it's, it's a much more... Professor uh, Callahan. yeah. It's a much more... I don't know. It's, it's not nearly the movie that Titanic is. I disagree. Apparently, he, he had did. 10 minutes to spare anyway, so they let him in this movie. <laughs> so <laughs> He cause... played Will's dad in Glee. Great. Does he really? Yeah. Yeah. Victor Garber's great. He's in. He's in everything. Um. So, uh, in the vault, they get the hard drives and they put them in the microwave. Clever. Yep. Uh, the, mm. But the woman who's the who I thought was a teller hits the silent alarm with her foot. Now there is like this like panning shot up her body to kind of sexualize her as she does so. Yep. Um. You know, not that anything's that revealing, but it is. It is that pan up shot that's like you don't it's, really. Need, you don't
2: need. To just just show me a foot. You could have shown the foot the and then you yeah. could have
1: cut from the other side of her face looking towards her foot or something yeah. like that. Or her eyes kind of closing. and you know Oh, it's her. She's she's trying to do it and she realizes that she's done it. But no. Um they you been- ever
2: worked somewhere that had a silent alarm?
1: Huh?
2: Have you ever worked somewhere that had a silent alarm?
1: No. Uh not that I know of.
2: I had uh we had to learn where one was which job was that? What is it, a library? Really? Had a silent alarm at the library. Yeah. Mm. I was Every- terrified I'd accidentally touch it when I put my hands under the desk.
1: Everywhere I work, it's kind of all about, you know, you, you need to let people know what stuff's going on, so all the alarms are not silent. The louder, the better. Yeah. And so they start, like, one of them starts brutally beating the guy from Alias, Victor Garber, right, with the butt of his gun. Um, And the girl who's been sort of our main girl, well, our main, the only character that mattered in the bank, really, sees a leprechaun <laughs> on the back of the assailant's neck and as a result they're leaving and then one of them takes the girl hostage and we get, we find out pretty quickly this wasn't the usual why MO. do
2: they take her hostage
1: uh they uh, by they um w- uh, james takes him hostage cuz he he start he's he's starting to lose control he's starting to go beyond the parameters it's the first sign that he's he's a loose cannon right so he takes it in case we might need a hostage well you know you you might not need a hostage as well. <laughs> At no other point in this movie do they ever take a hostage nice. again. So there's that going for it. Yep. Um, and we found out the overeager individual was James. James Coughlin, played by Hawkeye himself, Jeremy Renner, which is so weird because George and I just finished recording our thing on The Gray Man and we went on a tangent about Jeremy Renner for about five minutes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So they, you know, they take her license because they told her to get her purse. And you know, Ben Ben Affleck's character trying to be like, no one's going to hurt you. You're going to be okay. And then you get Coughlin going like, keep your mouth shut. Or we're not going to kill you and stuff. He was more forceful than I was there.
2: It's just really weird. I, I, I'm mm. not going to lie. I'm not going to hide it for any longer. I did not like this film. <laughs> the first heist up until this point was really good. The first five minutes of the, this film <laughs> were great. <laughs>
1: um so, and then it went, uh, so then um they drop the girl off we don't find out what it is but she's standing by this river and then we get the the, the title card and then we come back and we meet fbi special agent adam frawley played by john ham
4: i got so excited i did not know he was in this now, it was
1: oh, it's good to see him georgia i said i wasn't gonna say to you did you recognize who this guy was at the end of it
2: no
1: do you remember seeing top gun maverick
2: uh the first two-thirds of it yep
1: yep you know the guy who was like always like busting tom Cruise's balls and being like which one <laughs> the guy who wasn't the, the, the guy who was like running the mission
3: yeah the
1: guy who kicks him off the mission oh and, is that him? Well, yeah the guy who's like forever yeah but that, that's him ah, okay the guy who's really serious and being like they need to do this it's, like, but they don't come back he's like they need to do this ah,
2: okay yeah right.
1: so yeah so that's uh that's john ham um He's also, in the great ever, the only episode of BFE that was ever lost, (laughs) Ethan and I did a a clear for takeoff on Mad Men, and the audio was so scrambled. Something happened in transit, and it corrupted the file. And so it's the great... Which was, I mean, it wasn't a good episode anyway, because we kept losing connectivity, and I think Ethan's yeah. computer had to restart three times, kind of like mine is today. <laughs> but his was out for, like, hours. Yeah. Like, hours. So, there we go. And we also meet Dino Champa, played by Titus, there's a great name, Titus Welliver, who's from Lost. If you've seen Lost, this is the man in black. So, um, love me some Lost. He's very- oh, I- i know because he's in another show
4: uh he's in like the only ever canceled marvel tv show which is like agents of shield which i say just non-canon yeah, probably.
1: yeah. he's really good in that as well he's he's fantastic he just never really yeah. found he never really caught on much like john ham john ham should have been a bigger film star oh you might know mm-hmm. john ham also from the unbreakable kimmy schmidt oh oh yeah because he's, he's the reverend the, he's the reverend oh. <laughs> <laughs> i just have to find george she's, she's smiling now so there we go <laughs> yeah we've we've fixed her um
2: this this film broke
1: me he tells us how good the robbers were so dino's job is to go man these guys are good and he's like man the fibers destroyed dna destroyed the trackers were found and ignored and also the exploding money they found that too and uh, so yeah, it's that's just,
2: really helpful to the guys trying to do their investigation. Like the guy who walks along, going, "They were so good. Well, Look at all these things that we put in place to stop bank robberies, and they ignore well, them." Think, I, don't <laughs> the,
1: I don't think the feelings of the guy running the case is their concern. It's about going. These guys are really meticulous. We can't. It also tells the audience, "It's not going to be some lazy way. We're going to go ahead and get a hold of them." So there we go. Um, at the arena because the arena is going to be a big setting in this film. It's run down. It looks like crap. Um, they find out the bank teller was from charleston but they also want doug to do something about james and if one, one of my complaints to this film are there's two bank robbers, there's two members of the gang that matter yeah. and two members of the gang who don't matter at, at all. all i couldn't <laughs> tell you their names nope when they died fat, I, fat dude and young dude it's fat s- fat guy yeah. and skinny guy yeah. that's really it yeah, yeah yeah, so a
4: shootable character that literally their existence is just to be in is like that
1: the reason why do they, give us I so, do they give us so little of them so that when they die it's like they yeah, expendable oh well
4: because yeah. the thing is i'm watching i, I and through the film i kind of forget about them so later on when they both get shot i was like oh shit was that renner oh shit was that Affleck? Yeah. and then it's not those are the only two like, you care about yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. the film only two i get to learn about the really film, the
1: film hasn't told me to invest in them that's right which yeah. is another thing where i go this feels very point break because point break who do i care about i knew i knew about swayze i knew about rosie and I knew about um, there was like a Rosie was just this, this figure of menace on the outside, but I knew about I knew about Bodie and I knew about his little brother, who look like Brian Pillman for any wrestling fans out there. Um, and so I was sitting there going, "You have to make me care about these ones," and I don't. All we know is that everybody's aware that Renner is 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 a loose cannon and they're losing control over him. And then we meet a little bit more specifically claire keesey played by rebecca hall now my question to ethan mm-hmm. is yeah. did you recognize this actress i
4: did and again i feel there's always a marvel thing i she's an iron man three and i remember her from that is she really yeah she plays um like the second i say secondary love interest like the the one that he's with in the flashback who turns out to end up being like working with guy pierce no oh, she's also in the prestige
1: oh shit she's christian she- she's christian bale's wife yep do you uh, love do 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 you love me not today yeah that one yeah which Georgia picked up before I did yep second time in two movies you picked something up before i did yeah, yeah. face blindness is a uh, transferring <laughs> Just when we start to develop some merch, <laughs> if you're after some Georgia specific merch, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. I've
4: I got I got a little bit of new tech. I oh, did uh, really? for my, Yeah, I got I got a little iPad for my birthday. Yeah, um, that's not your birthday so, yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, my girlfriend is terrible at keeping secrets. So <laughs> yeah,
1: that's all right. Uh, Adam Frawley. I said Frawley. Is it Frawley or is it Far? No, it's Frawley. I'm going to call him Farley the rest of the time. Whoops. Uh, Frawley, remind me, Frawley. Gives Frawley. her a hard time, but also felt like he was hitting on her a bit, but he was very good at using. This is an attractive man, I'm assuming. John no. Ham? No? No. Very
3: oh, plain. No, man. John
1: Ham is a sexy man. I'm as straight as they come, but John Ham, I'd be, I be very flattered.
2: <laughs> he's, just, he just, he's just plain. He's oh, just out of the box. It's the, Kendall. I
1: guess that voice. It's the voice, oh, and yeah. I like his jaw. Um, and when he decides yeah, no, he wants I, to be flirty, he's very convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and then he says, look, uh, Um. he goes, look, she goes, do I need a lawyer? And he's like, guilty people, you know, need, need lawyers, which feels like a bit of a trap, but also feels like he's going, you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Um. And he said, do you remember what they said? He said, yeah, they said to me, and then she says, they dropped me off at the edge, made me walk and say, don't stop walking until you feel the, the water, the, the water on, your on your toes. So it felt like the longest walk of my life. Uh, this might be a little more specific actually when she's having the conversation. Yeah, this is when
2: she has it with thingy.
1: But she says, is that anything to you? And he goes, she goes, yeah, if you talk to the FBI, we'll come to your house and fucking kill you. Yep. As she sits there talking to the FBI. And he doesn't really console her on that, but she, does, she doesn't She does tell him, yeah, I saw one of them as a tattoo. No. And we see that she saw yeah. that he had a mm-hmm. tattoo.
2: But equally, having told having she's just told the fbi that she's literally been threatened if she talks to the fbi that they will come to her house and kill her and she knows they have her license so they know where she lives yep they send her back to her house yep not to a safe house not to witness protection not to Uh, anything despite having just directly been told that they're gonna kill her
1: if you talk to yeah that's interesting yeah we don't know if they put anybody on her house to watch or anything like that Mm. um we uh, Then we meet, and we meet uh, Fergus, the florist, mm-hmm. played by Pete Postlethwaite.
2: Postlethwaite.
1: Postlethwaite.
2: Postlethwaite.
1: There you go. Ethan, you want to try it? Um, uh, Pete Postlethwaite. It's not Postle? You're, you're not trying to give yourself a I'm turning to list. Louis Spence. Postlethwaite. Po- Postlethwaite. Postlethwaite. There you go. Now say it all in one go. Pete Postlethwaite. Pete Posslethwaite. That's great. Uh, I do apologize for someone who said, I can't wait to hear Liam try and save us again. (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) we'll do that next week. But I've got enough Pete Posslethwaite for the end of year montage again.
2: (laughs) I can move on. Pete Posslethwaite.
1: It's it's Imposslethwaite to say it correctly. (laughs) Um, And so if you... I'm familiar with Pete Postlethwaite. Uh, this is his third. I want to see if George just got this. This is his third go on the pod. Do you remember the other two movies?
2: No, I just remember his name.
1: Okay. Ethan? Uh Oh, I don't. Was I here for any of them? Uh, Maybe. I think one for sure. Oh,
4: no. I forgot. I just remember we were talking about
1: his name for so long. The first I one, I don't think you were here for this, was The Usual Suspects. No, I wasn't. The second one, I'm pretty sure you were. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I was going mm, oh, gonna gonna to say that he? one. He's Farrah yeah. Lawrence. Lawrence. What is it with him and plants? You know what no, I mean?
2: He's, he just the plants.
1: <laughs> um, they pay off Fergus, but we're not told why. No. They just give him some cash. And there's this other guy whose name was, I don't know, I've got it later, Petey or something. Um, and then as that happens, John Hamm, we cut back to the FBI. He says, look, they have to clean the money. And they're probably doing this and this and that. And as he's saying it, we see them doing this and this and that. So that was kind of, we get the idea of a hedonistic lifestyle that this, this crime is, is affording them. And we have a celebration taking place. And we find out during the celebration, because, you know, when you rob a bank with people, you need to kick back some beers at the local pub or social club.
2: With, with those same people that with you those same want the same people
1: you, want, you don't want to go your separate ways no gather in don't, a group
2: don't like add any extra people to the group nope. or like maybe split nope. it into two different groups no just, just the four of you
1: we find out that uh doug's dad is doing 40 years rather than roll over on his friends so loyalty is going to be a big theme in this and the idea that you don't talk mm. you don't rat uh you want more information on that we'll talk about it later we meet krista coughlin played by blake lively
4: yeah, this surprised me when I was doing age game. I re- what I realized it was her. Is this Gossip Girl? I She's yeah, Gossip I, Girl. Right, I mainly know I, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I mainly know her as Ryan Reynolds' wife,
1: and yeah. also yes.
4: from that that shark movie that was terrible.
1: The, oh, the one terrible shark movie you say.
3: Shark Tale.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's the there's one good shark movie in the rest of the terrible. Oh, open Water's
1: pretty good. Okay, three. Deep, deep Blue Sea. I'm also sea. In Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. I'm deep guessing blue sea, Jaws. Jaws. I need to give Jaws yeah. another go. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shark
2: Tale's the only good shark movie. That's a little,
1: <laughs> that's a little rubbish. Um, listen here. It she, does have uh, Scorsese. Listen here, chum. Uh, she offers uh, Doug some drugs, and he's not feeling it. He goes, no, I don't do that. And he's not drinking either. And uh, she, she got in a fight and uh, he admits, she asked him, though, do you miss it? What, do I miss the oxy and, 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 and snorting cocaine? She goes, yeah. He goes, yeah, 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 I do. I do. And then we cut to them having sex. Yeah. But it's very, I don't know, it, it's not romanticized. It's not.
2: It's definitely sex rather than making love.
1: It is. Yeah. It's that. Um, they finish and then she just says something like There you go, and off she goes. Yeah. See ya. And that's it. There's no affection, there's no intimacy, it's, it's just, just sex. sex. And she's doing a lot of talking. Um I'm not gonna repeat it. <laughs> but it, 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 it's it's if if you're used to what movie sex is if if Top Gun taught you what movie sex is supposed to look like, <laughs> this is this not ain't it. that. No. Um, we cut to a workout routine, and we have voiceovers occurring here. Again, another really interesting choice. And the audio is from an AA meeting or an NA meeting. And yeah. the speaker who's talking, who we finally settle on, it's a bunch of people sharing their, their sort of stories. But the last person we, we, we settle on is saying about how his wife saved him my wife is my eskimo or something like that i didn't quite get the eskimo metaphor
2: it was about how someone was like dying i think in the snow or something and they were like saying to like they were like praying if there's a god please save me and then he got saved and then someone said well surely there must be a god he's like no there was an eskimo
1: so the the right person at the right time yeah yeah and he says, my wife is my Eskimo. And this is the idea. We get Krista's trying to corrupt him back into drink. He needs someone to save him. I think this is the the clear metaphor that we're setting up for the movie. Yeah.
2: It's not what it's supposed to be.
1: Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I think absolutely that's the whole purpose. Think about this. This this girl who he's just with, who he's always been with. Yeah. He's off. He's going to an NA meeting, right? Or an AA meeting. One of the two. Right. NA being narcotics. Yeah. AA being alcoholics and yet she shows up and she wants to buy him a drink and she wants yeah. to give him pills, right? And he can't quit her because obviously he takes her home and they have sex still, but there's the feeling if he keeps getting, if he's still around her all the time, he could easily fall back into this pattern. Yeah. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think this, the, the, and they cut to him seeing that. So I instantly triggered and went, oh, this is going to be important. Yeah. So he needs to find his Eskimo, basically. Right, it's like okay. substance abuse, but she is the substance she's the physical embodiment of everything wrong with that lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I just don't find him, he's not a sympathetic character in the slightest. And
1: that's a conversation we can have at the end. I think it's a really, really interesting conversation, actually. Um, But I do want to, because there's the way the movie does tell me to feel and we can do that and then we can talk at the end about how we do feel. Is that cool? Yeah. So we cut to Doug spying on Claire. Like, make me no mistake, this whole movie is the glamorization of catfishing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he spies on Claire. Now, why does he spy on Claire? I think it's obvious why he spies on Claire, and so his motives aren't bad in the sense he's trying to save her from 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 James. It doesn't mean yeah. any of the other stuff has to happen. He could have just stopped by, made sure, yeah, we're all good, and then left it. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, the problem is that problem. The bizarre thing about this movie is it runs like half between a heist film. And, like, the departed and all that sort of stuff. But then Half wants me to get engaged in this love story? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's an interesting thing. Um, That's not what I was expecting. Yeah, I wasn't expecting this part of it. Yeah. Uh, there's so much orange in the color grading when he's at the laundromat of all things with her. And everything at this point has been gray and blue. And now we have orange. Yeah. So we see that she, and of course, we're going to link this to where is he going to want to end up in the end? Florida Florida, with the sun-kissed orange glow and all that stuff. So even symbolically on on an aesthetic level, we're being represented, if nothing else, feelings of warmth and happiness, but also the escape of that outside of here. Mm -hmm. She represents, you know, freedom and escape, the ability to reinvent.
2: Why can't he pick someone else and not the person they just took hostage? Because
1: I think the theory is, he's literally going here, I think, at this point, to do the noble thing and, and you just get information from her. Yeah. And then, of course, it, it's almost romantic comedy. Like if this was romantic comedy and you get rid of, you, you take away the idea that it's a bank heist, mm. something it's traumatic. The beat and you, Yeah, and you start with something else. You start with, he's yeah. the guy who got her fired from her job. Yeah. And he wants to check on her and then she falls for him. That would be a pretty much an acceptable rom-com storyline.
2: Yeah, because and then she
1: finds out at the end, you're the one who got me fired.
2: It's because that's not a traumatic life-altering event. I'm not
1: not saying this is a romantic comedy, but I'm saying it almost takes (laughs) that formula and applies it to to a much grittier type of film. And it's this is gritty. This is a very gritty version of You've Got Mail. (laughs) (laughs) This
4: summer (laughs) (laughs) But
1: I still want it to be Meg Ryan and uh, Tom Hanks. (laughs) This summer, <laughs> Doug was interested in robbing banks, but in the end, she's the one who stole his heart. <laughs> <laughs> Get town. <laughs> oh, I thought that was great. Don't sell it if you don't want to, but I think it's
2: fantastic. <laughs> um, Ethan's selling it. I don't need to sell this yeah. <laughs> one.
1: Well, it, it is it is an audio medium, so I'm just I'm just yeah. going down that road. Um, where are we at here? Uh, oh, so the laundromat. She doesn't clock who Doug is, and it's like it's it's good because he's just feeding her little bits of information. She asks him for quarters. Like, sorry, I can't help you, lady. And she doesn't respond, and he's going, "Oh, okay." Because they have to do this because when they get her license and they're out of the thing, they realize she lives like four blocks away. Yeah. So the danger is what if we run into her and she clocks us? Um, She sees blood on her shirt that she's tried to wash. It was the blood from Alias, Victor Garber, and starts to cry. And Doug consoles her, and I get why he feels the need to console her, because I think he sees the human cost now of what he's done. Yeah. Or what they've done. Yeah. And so he offers her a drink and says, hey, what's the worst that could happen? And then we smash cut to a very shaky handheld camera of an arrest. Some guy who's going down for, uh, for guns and drugs for 10 years. But they're like, we could yeah. change this if you could give us some stuff on the robbery. To which point I went, America does ca- America cares more about money than they do about drugs and guns. Hmm. Yeah yeah it's, it's weird i would have tried to pivot the robbery guy to get the drug lord off the street
2: you'd think so right
1: anyway money's the important thing um Woo, capitalism so we go to the date and she confesses about the robbery uh because apparently they're going for a drink right away he was going to pick her up and they were gonna go for a drink proper and she goes to the robbery imagine if she i was hoping she'd exaggerate <laughs> Okay, there were eight of them, and I had to fight two of them off with my bare hands. But yeah, and they, oh, they killed someone right in oh right in front of me. Yeah, they did. They did. And there was this really ugly guy as well. They put like, the, oh. oh, they put the gun to my temple, and I went, go ahead and do it. I won't help you. <laughs> I'd do that. Because that would be really funny, because you'd have to just go, oh, really? <laughs> oh yeah i bet yeah i can't do a boston accent to save my life um so um she goes oh he goes i'm sorry and you get the guy feeling that it's 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 she's taking it as just like a social i'm sorry yeah but i think he's really apologizing because he's seeing this this like actual experience of it all yeah and she goes it's not your fault (laughs) yeah And then later she goes, "I'm sure i recognize their voices if I heard them again." Yeah. And he goes, "It's harder than you think." And it's a little bit funny and it's a little bit tragic, yeah. and it's full of dramatic irony because obviously we know. And this was the argument I had for, um, oh, it was for something. I'm trying to think of what it was. Something we've done recently. I don't know if it was for the Gray Man or if it was for, uh, if it was for Air Force One. But that fact that you know. And then you watch it happen the whole time is much more powerful than if you don't know.
2: I don't think that was that wasn't. It
4: very might bad. have. It might have been Earth Force One because we we're talking about um, the the guy,
1: that guy, Glibs or something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, no, because that was effective because every time he gives him something, yeah. we know at that point too. So it was something I've talked about recently. Yeah. Maybe it was. Oh, it was, El- oh, it was Elvis. It was something about Elvis? Yeah sorry go back listen to that but i think there's a power when you know so this was really effective because i'm like oh geez like you know we know yeah and therefore i'm like a guilty third party in this and i feel terrible and i think that's really effective filmmaking i do um because we feel how he should be feeling and hopefully we do see him squirming a bit and we're like okay um he wants to oh so she said what's a toonie now back home a toonie is a two (laughs) dollar coin Mm. Hmm. but a toonie in uh in boston is someone who's not from charleston yeah um
2: but a townie was someone who was from boston
1: townies a really townies a different part of boston i want to think i don't know it was townie there was southie yeah. southies if you're from south boston
3: maybe if you're a townie easy. no
1: if you're a townie you're, you are from charleston charlestown that's what it is yeah 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 so um we find out that the guys. Oh, we find out from a cutaway that the a little mini scene that the robbers needed to know how to take care of some security box and say, "Well, how would you learn how to do that?" And like, simple, you'd have to get a job at my company. Yeah, and so they, that's 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 really the really the, the the pin that drops is going. Oh, if we could go ahead and look at some work logs because that, that part seems a little simple. Yeah, like I don't know how you don't cover your tracks. Like surely you could have under an alias or you could have. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Or don't do the one thing for your heist that only people at that specific company would know how to do. Yeah. Like, that just seems really lazy.
1: Uh, Claire asks Doug if she should tell the FBI about the tattoo which she knows about. And he says, because she's really scared, he says, no, no, I think you should do it. And then he tells her every bad thing that'll happen as a result.
3: Yeah.
1: And it's, uh, it's a really clever, not likable, it's a really clever way yeah. of him manipulating her response. And she goes. He goes. How do you know all? And he's like, Oh, I watch a lot of CSI, and he <laughs> names them. And it's really charming. It's really yeah. charming. And, and then he brings up Bones, which which only women watch. Bones, <laughs> Bones was a show starring Zoe Deschanel's big sister, and it ran for years. It was like this uh, female led. Um, oh, she. Oh, she was a, a coroner, I think, and she like solved crimes. Yeah. Okay. So you know, the hey body bones, the bones, bones. The bones told the story. Oh, like a wow, pathologist. these bones are telling me about the bones. Is that what a pathologist does? Yeah. Okay. don't uh, know. No, no. Okay. Yeah, sure.
2: Yeah, pathologists are like investigators that use the body. So she'd it's be like,
1: like, a like a criminal pathologist. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um and it started the guy who played uh who played uh David Borians, who was oh, he was something on Angel, whatever. Oh, he's Angel. <laughs> oh. Silent,
2: Silent Witness is all about a pathologist.
1: Is it? Yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, he almost slips up and says, oh, you and your Prius. He goes, how do you know I had a Prius? And he covers, he goes, oh, well, all you. How
2: did they know she had a Prius?
1: All you tunies know. Um, I don't know how recently her car had been graffitied or the, t- the timelines were also a little bit loose in this. So how long does this movie take place over? I don't know.
2: So did they graffiti her car? No,
1: no, 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 no. They didn't graffiti the car.
2: So, but how do they know that she's got a Prius?
1: Well, the question would be how long were, were they, were they tailing her for? So um, if it's time between the, the robbery and this conversation, yeah. has this stuff taken place? Or did they have knowledge of someone else? Or did they were they able to run her license and figure out what car she's got? I have no idea.
2: Yeah. Like, if you're going to make a reference to knowing what her car is and then having to hide it, you should probably make it obvious that they know what her car is. Yep. Because if not, it's just I don't like, know if it was an earlier uh-huh. conversation.
1: I just missed it. I don't know. I,
2: I didn't pick it up.
1: Um, so and she talks about walking through Project Zone, people throwing bottles at her. And this is where he goes to uh, He goes to James and says, I need some help. I don't need to ask any questions, and we're going to hurt some people. Man, did he choose the right guy for this job. Yep. Who's, he just goes, whose car are we going to take? And this is, I mean, because Jeremy Renner is great in this, I think. Yeah. Um, and this is a, he, his one character defining thing, loyal. Yeah. Yeah, he's a loose cannon, but he's also the most loyal person you will ever meet
2: i don't family. i don't know i think he just wants to hit some people he wants an excuse to go hurt someone. <laughs> that's how it came across he just wants an excuse to hurt someone someone's given him a, giving them the option He's i hear like, you yeah, i okay, do cool. think
1: it's both those things coming together as one
2: probably yeah yeah
1: because they go in they put on some hockey masks and they just take like batons and like whip and beat these guys and say if you're still here in a week we're coming back and then um renner's character james he just can't let it go and he keeps hitting him and hitting him, and he grabs a gun, and then he shoots him twice. And like, and he takes off his. I ma- yeah, you know what I look like now. Yeah, guess what? Now I know what you look like too. Don't forget that. <laughs> and it's just clear, like he's losing. But th- he's crazy. He's crazy, and it's getting worse on that side, though. It kind of plateaus.
2: Yeah, but I think because also you haven't seen him as like. You, you don't see them work together normally as a heist. Did we need one heist first? normal
1: first? Yeah, that's yeah. a good question.
2: Because then you you just go straight into it. So is he just always been this like this? And it's just, or is it something new? The like, conversation,
1: not I, I think the conversation at the arena right after the first heist tells us this is new behavior or it's been occurring recently, but not before. Yeah. Because the other two guys, big man and little man. Yeah. <laughs> say, you've got to, you got you, you to do something about, about James because he's, he's, he's losing it yeah yeah um the fbi has id'd one of the group based off sick days this is why you go to work folks <laughs> go to work do robberies on your own time
2: i said why why would you like surely if would, you've got a job what do you do
1: with your day off <laughs> uh, nothing i watch some baseball yeah to do that stuff
2: surely you'd also take if you're gonna do that you're gonna also take days off where you i don't know Aren't robbing a bank yeah. so that not every single day off you have is linked to a bank robbery? Yeah. No? Or is that just being sensible?
1: What's, what's the appeal of robbing banks if you still have to go work a shlubby nine to five?
2: Exactly. <laughs> like I do not understand. Like, this I, guess, I guess it's for
1: your alibi, lifestyle. but what? Is it just like, just so you have like massive excess, but you can't spend it? Like,
2: you can't if, spend it because it's dirty money. Because,
1: well, even if it wasn't dirty money, you cleaned it. Like, if you buy a new car they'll be like that doesn't line up with your salary your yeah, it's, current it's job
2: pretty obvious that you're doing some naughty things yeah. like what is the point
1: um we go back to our happy couple and they're not so happy because doug reveals that his mum walked out on them when he was six and he tells a story about his dad and his dad was crying and uh he says that mum's left and so he says that I made some posters saying mum was lost and I went door to door. Her name was Doris and I just couldn't bring it to myself but she didn't want to be my mother anymore. Um, something I didn't get a grip on was the idea that his, he was mad at his father for not looking for his mother with him. Yeah. I'm like, it's not, how that, it's not really how that works. No. If someone leaves, you don't go door to door. It's like a lost dog. Yeah, that's it was what I said. Yeah. Because he, okay. he
4: compares it to like, oh, we do it with yeah. And again, it's like that, I as guess. a it's kid, I guess. He's it, a kid, yeah. But he
1: describes it as an adult. He still harbors resentment that the dad didn't yeah. come with. Like, you know, if someone left me, I don't think I'd be going door to door going, Yeah, my wife left me. Have you seen her?
2: Yeah, no. The, uh,
1: that's humiliating. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's this it's just really weird. This a lot of the char- like story beats and character beats in this just don't make sense. All
1: right. Um we go to a barbecue, and the FBI are taking pictures of them. Uh, and Apparently, the one, the guy has led to all four of them, and we hear their rap sheets read out. Um, we see a shot in a cutaway of Chris Cooper, who plays Doug Sr. Chris Cooper, uh, who is in, amongst other things, he's the main antagonist in American Beauty.
3: Not Wonderful
1: film, very complicated, very hard to review now. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And yeah, some, some questions, some interesting content, um, but a beautiful film. Um, and then Chris Cooper is also the main bad guy in the Muppets.
2: What? Their first one.
1: Man, maniacal, maniacal laugh. laugh. Uh. Maniacal <laughs> laugh. Hello.
3: He's very so, good.
1: He is very good. So um, we find out that Doug Jr. used to be a pro hockey player. This just feels like, I don't know what this was. Like, was this wish for, for for Ben Affleck? probably who did grow up in the yeah. Boston area and he was like
2: directed and starred in this film. Yeah.
1: Um, and suggest that, you know, I got drafted by an NHL club and then I blew my chance not once, but twice. Yeah. Um,
2: again, how are we supposed to be feeling sympathetic for him now? Cause he's had two chances yeah. and blown both of them.
1: Claire shares that her brother died from lymphoma on a day like that day. Um, this is a different day. I think they're sitting outside of a, uh,
2: in the sunshine, in the in sunshine, a cafe
1: um my brother died from lymphoma so now on really sunny days i always think of someone dying and i've asked how if, if the cops are tailing them yeah, i really do judge how long it takes the fbi to realize these two are dating like yep. james finds out before the fbi finds out
2: and we know they know that we know that the fbi know where they are and that they're tailing them we're
1: supposed to be watching all four of them and someone should probably be she said yeah they come by and they check on me they like how is no one noticing so they, this there
2: should be a set of fbi agents one watching her and one watching him and going, oh shit, hang on a second. They're together. <laughs> like, how difficult is that nah, to I have put no together? Idea.
1: So, uh, Doug, and there's a plane that flies overhead, and he's staring at this plane when James shows up and puts, like, a, a like, he says, you know, put your hands up or yeah, whatever it is. Give me your money. Or give something me your that. money. And um,
2: she's gone to the toilet. Or she's gone to the she? toilet,
1: and all of a sudden it's James, and he's like, oh no, this is not good. No. Uh, Doug tries to bail, he's let's go, let's go. Let's go. We should go. And then Claire walks up and because uh, 'cause she'd been telling him, I'm telling all my friends about you and they think you're a rebound. Which is
2: a weird thing to sell the person you're dating. Like Well
1: this, Yeah. I mean, this is very it's like he went, you know the love story from Goodwill Hunting? I'd like to be on I'd like to be the main guy this time. Cause this is basically Goodwill Hunting, is there's a very poor working class criminal record y kind of wonder kid.
4: Right. And it's in Boston. Every badass yeah. movie is in Boston. Played by,
1: yeah, because he, he wrote that one too. Played yeah. by Matt Damon. Right. And then there's a very posh, wealthy girl played by Minnie Driver.
3: Okay.
1: And it's about their relationship, but all the, the issues that comes when you're sort of dating above above your station
2: okay
1: and it's like we're just kind of doing it again
2: i so, so ben Affleck knows how to write one story then
1: uh in a sense but he's gonna cast himself <laughs> in it this time okay. as a hockey player
2: <laughs> and, they, and that makes it so much better
1: <laughs> oh but it was the idea that um you know so of course her friends who might be probably a little bit more uptown yeah than them might go it's a rebound because he's the good-looking guy with the checkered past yeah you know what i mean he's in the poor part of the tracks so yeah, he's not the guy you marry, is he? He's the rebound.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um But you don't tell the guy that. Oh, that's the part which I find really weird. Yeah, that's although the part although I yeah. A although made. it's <laughs> almost like this flirty thing where he, he's kind of always messing with her for being posh and uppity and yeah, you you, you know.
2: is he though, really? Like it doesn't really come across. No, like, his, it just his, comes his across that like they don't particularly like each other. He makes like
1: <laughs> oh, no, I think I think I, I would disagree with that. I think their romance feels pretty authentic. I would disagree with that but Ethan, there we go <laughs> Ethan care to, care to break this eye on this one I think it's like there's
4: there is a lot there I think I, 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 yeah. I think these two have excellent chemistry
1: no okay um and so as we try to bail and, and James sits down we look at from Ben Affleck there's a shot of him and there's this great focus pull from him to the tattoo yeah I love a focus pull when it's done with purpose uh-huh. this was done well yeah um i didn't take a look to see who did the cinematography for this but uh yeah he then questions what she does and 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 the bank robbery and the relationship this would be james like he's just running through where do you work at a which bank oh that's the one that got hit yeah like it's very especially if you're in the know which of course this whole thing is like again it's it's just dramatic irony and we know so it's it's three levels of it right so there's you know us who've been along with ben affleck and know everything and then it's james who's sort of discovering how much she knows he knows yeah. she knows and then there's claire who's just in the dark about <laughs> everything <laughs> and um so uh he goes oh so i'll see you guys later da, 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 da. and she goes i guess you haven't been telling all your friends about me no and there is that male kind of bravado about
2: oh, when when he gets up to leave he hugs him and puts his hand over his neck
1: Oh, he does put his hand. i thought it was threatening but that's just him covering, no, the, covering the tattoo, the tattoo
2: yeah. that's clever
1: um there's another job well, we find out because uh, we're back in charleston and the color palette's gone back to blue and the yeah. camera work's gone back to being handheld from what was largely not so much or he's not as not as visibly shaky uh, yeah. from what i can see um there's another job but Doug doesn't like the odds james geltzman goes come on do you remember this he goes all right fine but if we get nicked it's 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 on you and I'm like...
2: If you're nicked, you're nicked. No,
1: if you're the brains behind this operation, part of that brain is going, no.
2: Yeah, if you're the engineer on it, let's find
1: to... a better target. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he goes to the prison to see his dad and Doug talks to his dad about leaving his... Because his dad's unable to leave his life behind. We see he's still stuck in the same circle of violence yeah. and gangs. And he says, aren't you a bit old for this? We He moved to a different prison. He goes, nah, these young kids need someone to show them what's going on so the idea is Dad's never even in prison is never going to escape this life
3: yeah yeah
1: doug asked his dad why i never looked for his mother and he says you've seen these 23 year olds who are walking around who are all drugged up who have a bunch of kids and they don't know who the dad he said Do you think your mom was any different who i didn't look for her because there was nothing to find now once we find out the end of the story as well yeah. there's a whole lot there um at the arena, we go to the boys and girls club. Uh, she sees Doug's picture. He shares about his backstory with hockey and comes clean. Well, comes clean about that. <laughs> and then they have sex, and it's much more romantic. Yeah. Then the than the we get all the glamorization. We get multiple shots. We get panning. We get this lovely like sort of score in the background to suggest this is love, not just sex.
2: Yeah. Yeah
1: um although she flashes back interesting at this point to the water and the plane flying overhead for her as well yeah interesting hmm uh which actually is kind of the both sides of his personality in a sense he re- the water representing the robbery yeah and the plane representing the chance for her to get away as well i think this movie wanted me to think she was more trapped in her lifestyle than she really was and needed a break but i don't think they really established why
2: yeah they tried yeah. to make it like as if she needed to get away and go somewhere as well but like actually she she, she did. didn't
1: she just doesn't need she him was, in his life yeah in her life yeah That's she just it. does
2: she doesn't need him and yeah. actually his his presence in her life ruins her life
1: yeah. i mean if you get the idea she's living in a crappy neighborhood and but it's she's not working for chosen
2: to move there sure so and obviously get some fulfillment out of helping volunteering and helping the neighborhood and those sorts of things so yeah,
1: you're gonna do a prequel called the city Right, uh-huh. where she was part of some crime syndicate, and leaves at the end to make a better life for herself in Boston.
4: Oh, maybe yeah. yeah. Nah, that's what that Shyamalan movie, The Village, is all about. I was going to say The Village, and then I went, no, hang on, that's already been done. <laughs> I feel that the 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 only ex- excuse they give for her to be like she needs to get away is like she just lives a bit of a mundane
1: life. Which again, you, there's ways you can develop that. Yeah. And I'm not so, sure if this film does. Also, is
2: your life really that mundane if you? Would taken hostage in a bank well maybe she's like
1: i want more than my usual day-to-day life but less than taken hostage (laughs) surely there's a middle ground somewhere (laughs) they just
2: don't explore it at all do they
1: uh no no i think she's i think her performance is very good i think her character is underdeveloped um they get uh yeah they get ready for the next job uh the truck is late when they get ready like we see them like scrubbing their skin so hard yeah so like any loose skin isn't coming off yeah um they're in the habit of uh, oh the truck is late and i've got my notes they're in the habit of robbing banks
2: yeah i got it it's a non-joke uh,
1: none your business <laughs> uh yeah that's
2: my favorite thing when kids ask me like weird questions my answer is always none your yeah, and they're like what none your business <laughs>
1: They pass a little boy who's just like, what is going on? Now, this nun costume I found out from doing a little bit of stuff for the graphics. Like, this nun costume is all over the marketing for this.
2: Yeah, it was on, like, the main poster for it by the rest yeah. of it, yeah. Which is a weird choice. It's intriguing. Like, it makes it more look more like a horror than it actually is, though.
1: Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think this movie borrows a lot from um, uh, Point Break. Right. The dead presidents, yeah, right? Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, if
2: you if you went into if you saw that poster, if I just saw that poster that I saw, the one that's like the town in big red letters, and then with the, the non-outfit outfits on, I would one hundred percent think that is a horror film.
1: It's like a, it looks like a cult movie. Yeah, well, it's just a ma- Yeah, I guess so. Maybe it's the follow up to uh, uh, Eyes Wide Shut.
2: Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open Eyes Boogaloo.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> eyes Wide Shut too. Breaking the habit. <laughs> Um, so they rob the, the armored car but uh, the front guard gets one of them and I don't know who's taken hostage is it Doug
2: no it's the young dude isn't it
1: see I, I couldn't I figure out which I one gets know. taken hostage
2: because yeah. they all wear the same thing
1: we just know it's not James not yeah. James because James shoots him Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a car chase and they're stopped by the cops and the cops are like turn the engine off and they look around they're like, what do we do? And then James is like, I know what to do. And he just starts shooting the cops. So James breaks every barrier first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's first one to shoot another human being. Then he goes ahead and he shoots the cops. Da, 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 da. Um, there's a crazy car chase through Boston where the bunch of times I'm like, well, how are they going to get out of this? There's no way. Um, but they do. Um, they swap over to car number two, torch the van. And apparently once you torch a your van, you're pretty much in the clear. Apparently. Uh, they drive off in a jeep, and I've got it's just that easy. And then John Hamm gets a message and makes the call to close the bridge, which they do unsuccessfully because the jeep uh, manages to make the bridge in time. And Would so, you not
2: close both ends of the bridge, not just one. I'm guessing more didn't get to it quick enough. I don't know what yeah. the deal was.
1: And so as it gets to the other side of the bridge, which it doesn't make it like, you know, not like a different state. Like jurisdiction hasn't ended just because they crossed a bridge. So they're
2: being followed by the FBI at this point. Yeah, which is federal. Mm -hmm. So So, there's no jurisdiction. There's no jurisdictional issue.
1: And so my favorite maybe moment of the film, we'll talk about it, but they get out and they're like, everybody out of the car. And they get out of the car and they're dumping all this hair that they bought from a barber shop. Really clever.
2: But then they torch the car anyway, don't they? Uh,
1: I'm not sure what they do. But they're probably going to do it with the van, uh, the Jeep at that point, yeah. yeah. But so the, the, are they are the, putting hair in it anyway? <laughs> so if anything survives, it'll be those fibers anyway.
2: But they haven't done that in any of the other cars. I don't
1: know. But my hair part is they get out, and there's just one cop sitting there. Yeah. Fully aware that if he does anything, he's done. Yeah. So he literally
2: Turns his head tilts way.
1: his head and looks the other way and yeah, lets them escape. Literally looks the it's other It's a way. great visual joke. It's yeah. fantastic.
2: This this film needed more of that. Much, much more you of that. You think this
1: film needed to be more of a comedy? Yes. Oh,
2: no. Because it wasn't a, it wasn't a good serious film, so it should have at least had some jokes.
4: That's just Baby Driver. Everything, that, like, if you make it funny, it's just Baby Driver because you got your romance, you get your high stuff, and you get just a crazy guy. Yeah, but this is
1: before Baby Driver, isn't it? Oh, it's yeah. It's 2011. Yeah. yeah. Um, But you know what? They're all arrested. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, we don't know how. how? We don't yeah. know why. We just see them drive up and arrest. On what
2: terms have they been arrested? Like- I do like
1: they pull up to the quarry where... Uh, Ben Affleck's character works, which is pretty similar to what he works in Goodwill Hunting, come to think of it. And they go on up and he uh he gets his uh he just goes oh, up <laughs> hands his goods over to his foreman or whatever, because he's gonna go he's gonna get arrested. Um there is um, and we see them all sort of being in uh, in prison.
2: I'm pretty sure, don't they say at this state that like, they don't have enough grounds, they don't have enough evidence for arrest, and yet they've just brought them all in.
1: They bring them in, and they're trying to r- r- rustle the feathers, and they're saying they got to print. Um, the big guy refuses to read the lines because he wants it to sound authentic. Yep. <laughs> you know, the guy's in the movie the whole time. That's the best. That's the one thing I know about him uh doug gets put in a room with dino and here's the an interesting thing like, we found out that dino used to be part of the community yeah and that dino turned his back and ratted on all his friends and that's what he made it. and that's a really interesting story beat that we'd never get anything else on the rest of the movie no <laughs> nope. that's I thought it. it was going to be you know, foreshadowed oh
2: they like say how important like not writing out people is at the beginning and like how yeah. his dad is serving 40 years cuz he didn't write him out and then we meet someone who has yeah. and then that's it
1: like what if like in the end of the movie when he's like in around her apartment if dino sees him and just kind of also not for for a joke but dino also just looks the other way for a moment yeah and then all of a sudden you get this this beat right where at least that meant something
2: where at least he's still like connected to the community yeah but no it's they just don't mention it
1: ever but, again because they bring it up and i'm like oh this is really big stakes for this guy and then i don't know if it's something that would have got cut and that feels like it might have been that because it feels weird to start this and not go anywhere with it
2: it feels this- like either a lot was added in weirdly or a lot was cut from this
4: film there's a lot of dialogue like especially at the beginning of the film which felt like foreshadowing to oh you to be a rat you'll have to like you know knock or whatever and then, it, and especially with him, and then it just sort of
1: dissipates into just I'm gonna run away. Yeah. Um, Claire quits the bank. Uh, she's gonna go somewhere else, and he's bought her a necklace. But he wants them to go together. He says he's gonna change his life. I want you to come with me. She's in, but at this time we have a cut to find out the FBI who had a warrant for her earlier have heard her on the phone with Doug. And so John Hamm stops by uh, her apartment with pictures of the suspects. And, oh, we got so-and-so. Oh, and here's someone else. There's a third one. And when you get to James, I would like to have seen her reaction when she saw James.
2: Yeah, you kind of see her go.
1: Yeah, we're not really quite there. The eyes widen slightly, but that's about it. And the big one, of course, is the reveal of, um, of Doug. Yeah. Of Doug. So, I don't know. How did you guys think that went?
2: I mean she obviously she didn't really react because but you think she would have done out of shock like she's already it looks as if she's already trying to hide the fact that she knows him from the fbi just in case he's not guilty yeah like it It was weird
4: there's it not was, as much it was as weird. As it, yeah there's not as much of a reaction as you'd expect yeah even even if she's trying to hide it there's not even like a slight glance because if if she's trying to you'd have a like sort of react quickly and then like Hot
2: cover it up cover.
4: yeah yeah or like in in close-ups but it's sort of just oh, okay as a guy
2: yeah like as if she was like a trained <laughs> like criminal as well he was like able to not react to things
1: um we have um we have an, a great scene between doug and james uh it's basically a breakup and mm. Doug refuses to go on this next job, and James doesn't take it well. And he goes, Look, it's never going to be me and you and your sister and Shy, which is his sister's kid. And we should mention that his sister is the girl who he was sleeping with earlier in the movie. Yeah, yeah. and
2: there's some sort of insinuation that the baby might be his, but they don't ever bring that back up again. He either. pretty much
1: says it's not. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. He's kind of going, kind of painting the same picture that we saw his dad speak about his mom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's as we had. They have a, they have a le- legitimate, literal fist fight yeah Uh, there's a gun that comes out we find out that james went away for nine we already knew he went away for nine years but there's some protection of doug so we get told in his jacket he says i just didn't like him but it's actually the the guy was gonna go after doug and so he shoots him and we did nine years to back doug up and he said look you're gonna shoot me hey i appreciate everything you've done but you're gonna shoot me you're gonna shoot me in the back
2: probably the best line in the film
1: great movie yeah great line uh doug then tells the florist that he's out but he's not (laughs) <laughs> because uh, the, Fergus says, you're going to do this for me or I'll clap your nuts like I clapped your daddies. Gross. Um, And then we find out that Fergus is the one that got his mum strung out on dope and then she killed herself. And then he goes, by the way, I know where Claire is.
2: Yeah, not good.
1: Yeah, which is, you kind mm-hmm. of had Pete Postlethwaite as this like kind of, you know, what's he getting paid for? He can't be that big of a deal. Like we underestimate him. Yeah. And then this comes out, you're like, Whoa. Um, back to Claire's house. She's in the bathroom ready to call 911 and she kicks him out because she never wants to see him again. But when he gets to his house, he sees that there's a wreath that's been dropped off by the flora sidekick and goes, fine, I'll do it. But if anything happens to her, I'll kill both of you in your own shop. Um, The only bit of foreshadowing that actually comes true. Yeah, maybe. Uh, We go back to the garden. Um, He wants two minutes. She goes, how will I know it's the truth? He goes, because you'll hate the answers. Yep. Ask anything you want. How many banks you robbed? And he's like, Two banks, six armored cars.
3: Yeah.
1: Kill anybody? No. <laughs> we'll have to update that count later in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, wait for me. I want you to wait for me. The night of the heist, well, we thought it was the heist. The FBA waiting for them. The hit's going to be Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I'm Woo. Wearing, I'm wearing me a Boston Red Sox t shirt right now. So there we go. I was looking for my jersey. I don't know where to put it. <laughs> I can only follow one sport. <laughs> yeah um there so they actually go to femway park which is kind of fun to see that uh meanwhile farley was that farley what's his name again F- flawny florida uh,
2: fleur fleur Flawny. Fleur- john ham
1: is hitting on uh, on, <laughs> on blake lively a uh, bit of an age gap there i'm guessing and she goes you got to chase the rabbit if you want the tail and then she goes my mom taught me that and i was like oh uh, this is exactly what Cr- chris cooper told us yep and they go, how many inches? You could, you could judge a size, and it's all very sexual, right? Yeah. Mm. How many inches do you say that is? Less than six? Yeah, well, actually, 6.14 inches. And he basically, he goes, just you know, I know you're a drug mule. Yeah. I know why you have so many cars registered in your name, because you're doing okay. Yeah. But And he says, by the way, did you know what he, uh, he gave her a diamond necklace? <laughs> Didn't treat you like anything more than uh, how he treated her. Yep. Yeah. Back to the heist. Uh, James says he can't do any more time. He says, I'll finish it on the street if I have to. Bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah. Uh, Krista comes to Doug and says she wants to change too. I want to change too. Let me go with you. Let me reinvent myself. And he yeah. goes, no, I want to go with someone else. And that's part of the change. And that's got to be heartbreaking. Yeah. I was really, I was going, I was kind of like this point in the movie. Well, Blake Lively turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. She was in one scene. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh no, yeah. she's going to be important. He literally removes her and the kid from the premises. Yep. Woo. Now she is like trespassing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: I just say, I, I, again, I didn't care enough about her to, for this to make an impact. I was oh, I like, thought
1: this scene was very well done. And I was, I was in on this because she's saying, I want the same thing you want. Why can't, who is she? She's a strung out junkie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, let me reinvent myself. Let me go somewhere else where I'm not the strung out junkie, where every drug dealer doesn't know who I am. Let me go somewhere and just try again. Maybe I'll meet Ryan Reynolds yeah
2: <laughs> i just i don't there wasn't enough dialogue to get that across
1: well oh, I got the, I, okay for, for, for me there was and i i found this heartbreaking when he literally physically removes her because I, I get her she wants the same thing he does and we're told for him it's okay and for her it's not why well, is that the case now because yeah, her is i want to do it the same time yeah for her it's i want to do it with you and so he's re- it, it's it's he's going i want to do that but that you're part of this i need to be somewhere where yeah yeah
2: but i like i felt more sympathy for her than i do for him but because i don't care about him it doesn't like i don't get the same emotional reaction because i'm like I, if anything that puts me off him more because she's he's literally just removed two people from his room like and um, i'm still supposed to care about him
1: well i hope not because she's a dui and is in the hospital in the next shot and she wants to call john ham the heist begins and our two main bad or, or bad guys our two main characters i guess doug and james are dressed up as cops uh, Krista and John Hammer have a hell of a showdown in the hospital room, and she breaks down because she still won't give Doug up. Yeah, she gives him some, but not not enough. Um, says that he's going to leave though. Uh, Doug and James have a showdown with the security guards. Where, yeah, I mean, they're in cop uniforms. What do you do? So it's fairly convincing. And they go to the cash room and they tell them who they are, who their spouses are, how many kids where they, they have, where the dogs are, where they live. Mm-hmm. They want you to open this door. And they uh, they steal $3 million in cash. Yep. Mm. Uh, Doug steps out of the ambulance to discover, because uh, they get back to the garage and they, get, they walk past all these Fenway Park employees and everything's working fine, except for, you know, you this big bag. I'm always like, that's always the big giveaway, isn't it? What do you have a bag?
2: It's like, why do they always use the same, like, overnight carryall black bag? Bag. Well, at least it's not like <laughs> in
1: the old movies where it's like a dollar sign and it said swag <laughs> on I think it. I'd prefer that. <laughs> <laughs> like that like at least
2: use a bag that's relevant to, like, the outfit you're wearing. Sure. Like, uh, come put on. it
4: over their, over their shoulder. But, but when they walk, they have to be like the he
1: he 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 he, Because that's how every bank probably seemed to be in the 30s. Yeah. Uh, They'd be better off getting the garbage man employees and, like, wheeling like a bin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doug steps out of the ambulance to discover there's no commotion. Garbage man went up perfect. Nobody notices them. Yep. Uh, yeah. and we see that the FBI is the street shut down that was effective and then it's a gunfight and there's guns everywhere we get the big thing where a grenade gets thrown through the window I think by John Hamm himself and he's like cover your ears and it explodes and then we hear you know it's like our hearing's been taken away as well yeah. might be what, one of the most overused tropes in films yeah, is that bit where your so, hearing's gone it works so well
4: until it doesn't
1: but they tell the skinny guy don't stand up and he gets shot in the head yep and that's it. Uh the fat guy then has a plan. I'm going to take the ambulance and give you cover. Yeah. I, basically, we need to get a way out of this plot. What should we do? I'm willing to kill I'm myself.
2: Tell that me go.
1: <laughs> All right, guy who's not in very many scenes, you go ahead. I'd be like, "Wait, wait. D- James? I- I'm dying for James?" Yeah. yeah. I'm dying Did they for get you, James?
4: names. What? I don't yeah. remember if they have I names. Have no
1: idea. It was probably read out in the rap sheet, but yeah. But it creates some, some confusion so that the Doug and James go back from their ambulance outfits back into their police outfits and they say goodbye to each other. See you in Florida. I'll see you when you get back. So they're both peddling their sort of fantasy. Yeah. And then what do we need? We need some. Ra- How are we going to have them find out they're back into cops? I don't know what I'll do. We'll get some random old guy to go up and just <laughs> tell them.
2: That was so <laughs> strange. I was like, why don't you like, I don't know, go and f- have a shot of them finding the security guards on the floor
1: yeah. someone go find them, them and yeah. you go ahead you, they're cops what i said they're cops yeah that's much better they're than old, just
2: like old random excuse me i have excuse some information me. to say they have told me that they were definitely two cops
1: uh the, oh. G- frawley that's his name frawley catches coughlin and they have a slow walk this is like any time a kid's like walked out of class you thought it's like i'll say timmy timmy turn around timmy Timmy, stop. Timmy, make the right choice. <laughs> no, no, no. Think about this. Um, do, do, uh, no, you, you you have a choice about this. Let's just let's take a moment. We can't control what's happened to this point. We control how we deal with it from here. <laughs> and uh, never once, though, has Timmy turned around. With- <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh,
2: Timmy's turned around with like a pool cue at mine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a pair of scissors, like children's Ooh, scissors, but oh,
1: not, okay. <laughs> still uh, could do
2: some damage, but not. not and
1: a gun. <laughs> Doug's like a spectator, just like we are, to this whole thing. Is just watching, yeah. and the number of cops who run by him yeah, to see this other thing going on, like
2: the cop that's just stood there staring, not doing anything yeah, with, yeah. A of money. with a bag, with a bag.
1: Uh, James gets hit and he hunkers down by a postal box everyone's running by Doug not realizing it Uh, he sips his coke and by that I mean like a cola drink I don't even think it's his
2: no he's next to a bin bin, he goes
1: "All right, I surrender and he stands up to I think he's gonna shoot some more I hope so
2: that's what he goes to do yeah
1: because he gets shot right right between the eyes
2: because he shouts I surrender I surrender if he hasn't got his gun up there and they just shoot him in the brain That's that's just
1: yeah suicide by cop
2: police in America Um,
1: isn't it uh, it's not that. that's not what's happening here Uh, Doug nicks a cop car and drives to the florist because it's that easy apparently (laughs) Um, there's CCTV as he walks in which was the first cue to me Mm. that I'm like oh he's gonna kill him yeah. Because it repeated that sort of bad guy yeah, motif yeah. from earlier. He walks and goes, come here, Russ. Something went wrong. Come oh, here, Rusty. This. And shoots him in the head. I'm sorry. I'm not. I loved that.
2: That was good. No, that <laughs> I, was good I
1: replayed it because I was like, you need to see this. This is so cool. Um, And then he goes and he finds Fergie in the back. And there's many gunshots is it they're both terrible shots? I'm like, are you both like stormtroopers, or what's going on here? Well, I thought it was that he because he has like a bulletproof yeah, vest. But I'm like, no, you're
4: from from close, you're shot in there. There is no way you're that unscathed. It's
2: like, yeah, he's got a bullet, he's got a bulletproof vest on, and apparently misses like eight times before he actually manages to shoot the other dude. Because if not, how
4: come his bulletproof vest has got like four the thing bullets is, in it? But the then, florist, the florist, totally could have made it out like and killed him if he didn't just go. Yeah, bastard, like, before he seed and then shot
1: him. (laughs) Uh, But then Pete Postlethwaite uh, is laying there dead or dying. And uh, Doug goes up to him and says, remember who clapped your nuts for you? And he shoots him in the groin. And that's where we leave him. He phones Claire. The cops are there. He apologizes. He can see. And she goes, I really want you to come. And he's, like, heartbroken. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I want you to come. All right. Yeah, I'll be there in an hour. Go around back. And then just before he's going to go hang up, she goes, I really do want you to come. It'll be just like one of my sunny days, which is, I think is a message of if you come here, you
2: will die. You will die. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what that was. That was maybe one of the more clever bits in this. Yeah. yeah.
1: He says, goodbye, Claire. Uh, he walks through a neighborhood and no one questions him, even though he's got, again, this massive bag on him. <laughs> what is
2: with the massive bags? Like, he's, what, has he got, like, transport uniform on now?
1: Uh, he's like a postal worker or something like that, yeah.
2: He gets on a bus, though. Does oh, he maybe he is. Yeah, bus? he's a bus he's driver. Bus driver. But, like, so how maybe, does he get in the uniform? I
1: have no idea. Uh, first, he goes to the to the garden, leaves something there, which I think we can all infer what it was going to yeah. be. Then he hmm. a, drives a bus and takes a train and just instantly, like, d, de- Forget the glass and glasses. Take them off. Let us see it's Ben Affleck on the train.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, Claire finds the money, a note from Doug, saying, you know, you'll do better than I will. Um, meanwhile, an uh, John orange. Hamm and an orange to suggest he's going to Florida. Yep. John Hamm finds a note on his windshield that says, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and he tells, uh, what's her name's lawyer? Here, it's for you. <laughs> Which was a great little joke. I bet you that was an ad lib. Um, the arena has been upgraded thanks to an anonymous gift, uh, and it's in, in honor of Doris nice. McRae. Yeah. And he says, uh, I know I'll see you again. It's still the end of a letter. Yeah. This side or the other um i see so you again in this life this side of the other um and that's where we leave things so i'm gonna go ahead and there send a message thing on
2: the end the, there's the oh you want to go ahead and read that
1: while i send the the, the the invite over to reverend bruce
2: yeah, yeah yeah so it says charleston's reputation as a breeding ground for armed robbers is authentic however this film all but ignores the great majority of the residents of charleston past and present who are the same good and true people found most anywhere this film is dedicated to them
1: Aww. and it ends with this uh just before that it and with this really beautiful sun-kissed shot of a bearded ben affleck i love me a bearded yeah. ben affleck overlooking the water so and, and like pure orange yeah. so he's made time he's passed. he's made his way and so this felt very 25th hour to me it felt very the next three days to me movies where your supposed bad guy villain whatever it is anti-hero if you want to call him that does get away because this is like what if you did point break but you told it from swayze's perspective is kind of what this film is
2: it makes me laugh though because they've already told us several times that they're national it's not like there's no like state jurisdiction so even though he's in florida like the fbi could still well be after him. <laughs> well yeah
1: we 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 do get told that uh you know hey remember we're, we're a national organization yeah. but as long as he but keeps his head down he's
2: safe in florida
1: he's grown his beard it's not like there is more than one criminal in the whole oh, of know I
2: know but like if you're gonna make a point of telling us that it, this is now national it is FBI it's not just state yeah. jurisdiction then at least put him in like send
1: him to Europe he's been he's been beaten though he can't get out he doesn't have a passport Do you know mm. A they'll stop you
2: uh. <laughs> Well, he got to, got to Florida, didn't he? Just send him on a boat or something. I don't know. Ride, I think,
3: a, ride an alligator. I
1: think, I, I think he's fine. It reminded me of another movie where someone gets away and goes to Mexico. and At least that's Mexico. Yeah, that's a different but, country. No, because like, keep in mind, there are other people who are doing um, crimes. crimes. So I don't know how I'm going to edit this together, but I'll just say, hey, we've been joined by Reverend Bruce, BFF Woo! of the BFE. Well, Is this the third time you've joined us now, Reverend Bruce?
0: Well, uh, it might be two and a half, because I did Chariots of Fire, Casablanca, Blanca. but, then, oh, but had, then we did Harry the, Potter. The, uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah.
0: With uh, Daughter Bonnie. That was fun.
1: But this is the third movie you've brought to us, at the very least, then.
0: This is yeah. the third movie. <clears throat> yes.
1: These are three very different films. Chariots of Fire, <laughs> Casablanca, <laughs> <Yep>. The Town. <sighs> yep. Oh, um, why? why The Town?
0: Oh, there's a lot of reasons. I'm a huge Boston sports fan, but I'm an East Coast person. I have many, many relatives in Boston. I've pretty much been going to Boston my whole life. So I've been to most of those locations. I, we actually went to Fenway Park. I've got to, I've got to do Boston dialect. It's Fenway Park. <laughs> Fenway Park. We, went, we last went there Ju- July 14th of 2019. And they played the Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> that used to be Brooklyn. the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. And this was insane. We sat next to this very kind gentleman who had rooted for the Brooklyn Dodgers as a kid. He watched Jackie Robinson play. Now, Jackie Robinson is an important baseball player because he was the first African American player. In the, um, in the major leagues, he broke the color barrier. Mm. Incredibly important. That happened before the Civil Rights Movement. There's a movie about this. It's 42. Yeah. Chadwick Boseman yeah. is Jackie Robinson. Harrison Ford is Branch Rickey, who actually saw it as an implication of his Christian faith to break the color barrier, but he also wanted a winning baseball team. <laughs> Which And Jackie Robinson... That's
1: both, yeah.
0: He was... A, he was both Harrison Ford does an amazing job as Branch Rickey.
1: Now, before he goes to Brooklyn, Jackie Robinson breaks the professional, not the major league, but the professional baseball cover barrier in Montreal with the Montreal Royals. Oh, mm-hmm. so there's a little, yeah, there's a little, but yeah, number 42 for the Brooklyn Dodgers, Jackie Robinson massively important and if we ever do do the right thing there's lots more on jackie robinson to talk about
0: yeah so this movie it's a great story it's efficiently told i love heist movies
3: yeah but
0: this movie is kind of built on two fairly absurd premises Number 1 that a bank robber would fall in love with one of his victims?
1: We didn't talk about that. <laughs> it's like they took the romantic comedy a- like like formula and applied it to like a yes. real life traumatic situation.
0: Yes, that's absurd, it, it's actually made believable. But number 2, the idea that you would rob Fenway Park is thoroughly ridiculous. Because when he says, I'm going to be taken down the Cathedral of Boston, Fenway Park isn't just a baseball stadium. It's an American landmark. It's an iconic baseball park. Uh, Baseball is a huge American pastime. And a lot of baseball fans have it on their bucket list to see their team play in every American stadium. I know people who do this. They get a ticket on StubHub and go spend a weekend. Like, I have a pastor friend who just took a trip to New England. He's from St. Louis, St. Louis Cardinals. He watched the Cardinals play the Red Sox in Fenway Park. People do this. And if you're going to, the two most iconic baseball parks are number one, Fenway Park, because mm-hmm. it's the oldest, goes back to 1912. Wrigley Field in Chicago goes back to 1914. Wrigley Spearmint Gum, yeah, the Wrigley Um, Gum.
1: You guys might remember Wrigley Field from when we did A League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. They called it Harvey Field because it was Harvey Bars, wasn't it? Yeah. But yeah, all that grass on the actual, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's got the ivy.
1: Yeah, the ivy. Now, the thing that is like, yeah, the thing that
0: is iconic about Fenway Park is that all these famous sports players have played there. To stay in Boston, I'm just going to call it Fenway Pack. I'm going to do the faux Boston dialect as best (laughs) I can, because that's an important part of the movie. But the thing that's different about Fenway Pack (laughs) is that most – this is absurd. I should probably stop. Most teams may have had three or four stadiums. Like the city where we live now, the team has had three different stadiums during the time we've lived there. They're in one, they knock it down, they build another. Fenway Park has never moved. It's on a very small footprint. And in left field, it's a 310 feet to the outfield. They have what's called the green monster. Yeah. It's a 37-foot wall, which is, which is higher than any other park has. If you jack it over the wall, it, it's out into the street. Or, but they can't make the park bigger because you'll be bumping into the i 93 freeway, Massachusetts Turnpike. So it is known for the green monsters. So yeah, the the left fielder they have to learn to play the ricochets. So it is just an iconic park. And the fact if this is Wembley Stadium, Westminster Abbey, rolled up into one. Uh, it's it is well,
1: they knock down an, they, and I'm, They knocked down Wembley Stadium, Reverend Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they built a new one. So yeah, yeah. yeah I hear what you're and saying we, there. Yeah.
4: We, won at, we won at Wembley L. 20 minutes ago oh do we really yeah we were. Yeah. Oh, it came yeah. home there we
1: go I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm happy for the lionesses yeah
2: there's a brilliant video yeah. of their captain going around who was like doing a bbc interview on a microphone and they start the team start seeing sweet caroline and she just drops the microphone and runs off to
1: join all right that's cool yeah. um
0: because Sweet sweet Caroline is the song the Red Sox play at the seven in stretch. Oh,
1: is it really? Oh, okay. Isn't it? <laughs> it's it. It's been adopted yes. heavily by, uh, by England's national football team.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And by football, of course, really, I mean what, what you would call soccer, yeah. Sweet
0: Caroline. Dot, dot, So good. So good. So yeah. oh, yeah. that's a Red Sox chant. <laughs> is it? Okay. Because I see the re- – yeah. In the city where we live, I saw the Red Sox twice uh, last May because now they, they come to our city twice to play. And you'll notice I'm wearing the shirt that says Red Sox. That's the home jersey, mm-hmm. <laughs> the one you saw in the town. When they're away, I wear the blue one that says Boston. Yes. And so now that they have what's called interleague play, the Red Sox come to our city twice a year, and I've been able to see them the last two years. The year before, it was a COVID shutdown, so they played with no fans in the stands. Um, so when the schedule lines up, I see them. And it was horrible. The last time I saw the Red Sox, that's when I got COVID because I sat next to this guy, I obviously <laughs> got it <in> from him. <laughs> yeah. Remember right before the gentleman, oh, it was terrible.
1: Yeah, we so. have a guy that, that we, we, we have a term for when you catch COVID from someone over here. It's called Liam. William <laughs> <laughs> came and recorded an episode and we're pretty sure he had COVID because we all went down with
3: yeah
1: it. Uh, yeah wearing, I've had it 12 I'm wearing a Boston Red Sox t-shirt myself it's a bit faded but uh when my, oh, I see it when yeah. my Montreal Expos up and left town um I was too bitter to follow into Washington that wasn't happening yeah. and so I was like "Who has the best chance of taking down the Yankees that was my big thing and plus Pedro Martinez had just jumped from the the expos to the Red Sox a couple of years prior to that, so that felt yeah. like a natural chance to, to to make the move. So I have sat in a in a Boston Red Sox jersey in Toronto at the Sky Dome, now called the Rogers Center, and booed the home team vociferously. And <laughs> I mean, it was one game. It was like sixteen to three. Like it wasn't even it. Say it wasn't even close to be an understatement. And just I didn't did feel badly for those around me because my sister works for a major automotive um manufacturing corporation. And I guess they had like company tickets to this one thing. So, my poor sisters were people who she I guess kind of knows or at least might see around work.
2: Like work acquaintances. Yeah, I guess yeah. so.
1: People who would be like, "Oh, I've I've seen that person yeah, before." Yeah. And so I'm just living it up. Like I'm not being um I'm not being rude, but I'm having a very good time, and 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 kind of going like I at one point I started, I started shouting out like, "Would you please? you make it really awkward for me. And you keep scoring all these runs. Just stop. Let them. Let the Jays get one. Let them get one." I think Marco Scudero was playing for the Red Sox. He hit one out, and I went, "Well, oh, he used to play for you guys." It's, it's, kind, of like a, it's kind of like a moral. V- you can have half that point. Come on. <laughs> Um, no, so it's, it's, yeah, it's
0: good. so Ian and I root against each other. Yeah. Well, I, I, we, I, I, we root against each other because I, I'm rooting for the Red Sox. You do, do you root for Toronto? Oh, you're rooting for the, do you ever, did you ever
1: root for Toronto Blue Jays? Oh, uh, see, it was weird. Cause back in the day when there wasn't interleague play, you had a national league team, you could have a national league team and you could have an American league team. So my number one was always the Expos. Always, 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 always. But I'll admit, when the right. jay, when, the, when yep. the Jays go on a run, I do get caught up. So I'm sort of...
2: I'm sure, haven't you got some, bl- like, Blue I've Jays I've got Blue Jays
1: stuff? and yeah, Red yeah. Sox gear. Yeah. I'm, compl- so I'm a house divided against myself. I should not stand. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it does make, you know, because they both play in the same division, too. So oh, okay. generally, it's... it's Who's got the better team this year? Uh, that's, 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 <laughs> oh,
2: you're, you're that <laughs> yeah. sort of a fan.
1: When they play each other, that becomes difficult. Yeah, but very rarely they play each other in games yeah. that, that matter.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. But we both hate the Red Sox. That's uh, Sorry, we both hate the Yankees. Hate
1: the Yankees. Hate, and they're, the Yankees are doing so well this year. <laughs> oh, it's
0: terrible. Yeah. But remember when the florist has taken down the cath- He talks about when the robbery is going to take place. Yeah. It is after a four-game homestand with the Yankees. Oh. That would trigger that rivalry.
1: Yeah, because everyone's going to show and, up. They're going to buy their merch. They're going to buy their stuff to represent. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and on the Monday after, the city literally will be metaphorically and literally hungover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the city just buzzes. And so when you see those pictures of the people just staring at the TV watching the game people are obsessed with the red Sox, <laughs> and i know many people i'm not obsessed with the red Sox, but i know people who are
1: my sister went there one year when they were on a uh, uh, a run uh it was one of the world series years <clears throat> and it was one of those ones where like they were playing it could have been st louis it could have been someone else in the championship and um She actually got to sit, I believe, memory serves. Curse, feel free to tweet in later and tell me if I'm wrong. I believe she sat in Fenway Park, but they were playing on the road. But she sat at Fenway Park and watched the game on the big screen and so was able to sort of experience mm. game three game four whatever it was um sitting there sort of watching but in that in that collaborative experience was pretty cool i actually have a long sleeve jumper from that world series that i can't bring myself it's got a small tear in it actually got a pretty sizable tear underneath the arm mm-hmm. but i can't bring myself to 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 bin it because it's fantastic <laughs> and um it's really comfy but it's also really warm right now so i didn't fancy putting it on no no so the importance of baseball. But, but it tells play. you the re- Yeah. Yeah. But it tells you
0: how much regard Fenway has for Ben Affleck. They let him. Most of that footage was really in Fenway Park. Because oh. he's a native Bostonian. Yeah. That. Other than the cash room. Yeah. That was really Fenway Park. Because remember a Bohemian Rhapsody. I don't think they let them film at Fenway Park. I don't I? I. am not sure. That, I don't. Know that if they did or not,
1: I wasn't, I don't I didn't remember them being in Boston for Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Sorry, uh, at Wem- Wembley Stadium, oh, okay. I'm making the comparison <laughs> with Wembley Stadium. Sorry,
1: no, you're all right, you're all right. <laughs> Live took a place
0: at Wembley,
1: yeah, ah. Wembley and Sorry. Veterans Memorial Stadium in Philadelphia, if memory serves,
0: yes, yeah, yes, but they, they let him most of that actually took place in Fenway park. And I recognize a lot of it because Fenway park, we walked around. it; It's pretty easy to walk around and it's old.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, something we picked up um, watching the town, which was kind of interesting was the scene of that. Um, there's an, there's an AA or, an, or, or a narcotics anonymous meeting pretty early on. Where, and for, yes. I, should, I should say, for all of us, this was the first watch. Yeah. So, um, it was, and Ben's just sitting there listening to some, some old fella kind of talk about his journey. And he uses this parable of, um, being stuck in the snow in the Arctic, praying to God for,
2: if there is a God, yeah, save me or something And he like says,
1: it didn't, mm-hmm. God didn't save me, but but an Eskimo, Eskimo did. did, yeah. And I'm there looking for an Eskimo. And so I kind of instantly went, okay, he's looking for, and very much the idea, it was the guy's wife, and it was this idea of a romantic partner who can bring you out of um, where you're currently at and change your fortunes, I guess, by that coupling, which I guess sort of set the way for the love story to sort of, Undergo. I'm just kind of. I sort of threw out there as as a theory. I just kind of want to get your take on it. How am I doing? <laughs> Does it sound like it's plausible? It is.
0: Now, one of the things about it, Alcoholics Anonymous is a great group. It's what we call a 12-step support group. A lot of churches host it. A lot of community centers host it. That's necessarily religious, but it's kind of spiritual. It's about helping people own their past mistakes. A lot are people who are addicted to alcohol, and those all of the people in that room are real people from a real AA meeting.
1: Really? Oh,
0: they yes. And if you go back and listen closely, you hear them all talking.
1: Yeah, because while he's doing his workout routine, you hear snippets of the whole meeting. Yeah.
0: Yes. The guy leading it is an actor with a real Bostonian accent. But th- that take, took place in the food pantry. Those are real people confessing their mistakes. Uh, I didn't see my son for seven years Wow! because that's wow. where it starts. The first step of the 12 steps is saying we admitted that alcohol controlled us. It, we, we were, it was unmanageable. Our lives became unmanageable because that's what any kind of addiction does. So the first thing you do, if you're in an AA meeting, you would say, hello, I'm Reverend Bruce, I'm an alcoholic. Because once you are, you have to stay on the wagon. If you take a drink, we call it falling off the wagon, you could just lapse back into the same slog that you were in. So yeah, that guy is focusing on how his wife helped bring him out of addiction, which looks at... uh, Dougie McRae, love that, (laughs) is using Claire Kesey. That's why I like the movie. I like the surname. (laughs) It's just
1: just vanity. (laughs) Oh, it's just
0: vanity.
4: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: That's why the two of us like it, because we've got the surname in the movie. It's like, whoa.
1: Something we talked about, and uh, we had a difference of opinion on the pod, was Georgia had a hard time. Sorry to tell, you. <laughs> Georgia had a hard time finding a reason to root for Doug's character. I think. Yeah. Whereas I found it all. I I I could find the 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 moment there. I'm trying to think what the specific thing we were talking about was. I can't
2: remember what it was, but I just
1: I, there were there were two key things I remember us uh, sort of disagreeing on. I'm just kind of um, the first one was um, the idea is there chemistry between. Uh, ben affleck's character and the girl from the prestige what was her name laura and doug i can't remember claire 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 and doug
0: claire claire kesey it's rebecca hall
1: rebecca hall who's great in the prestige um (laughs) yeah but uh, so i thought there was a lot of chemistry there personally
2: i think there's not enough i think there's enough dialogue there's not enough explanation and there's not enough of her conflict with the fact that He's the one that held her, like, like was part of holding her hostage at a really traumatic event, and she's like, nah, okay. Like, I just, I, just, I just don't get it. I don't like it.
1: Her character does seem to only exist within the confines of their romantic relationship.
2: Yeah, there's nothing else to it. She has,
1: she has very few other problems. Yeah, or and, things.
2: And because I don't root for him, I find it hard to care about her because she's only connected to him. Like that's her only existence in the film is to be a partner for him. Rather than being a hurt like an actual character that exists outside of his love interest,
1: so there was that. Uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that matter. My, my, uh- I I do. Okay.
0: I I would. T- either of you your saying? Oh, I me. um. What? Yeah, go
4: ahead. Oh no, I kind of view it in that same vein that Ian does. I've never. I didn't. Yeah.
3: I'm the um, odd Now for
4: there. me,
0: <laughs> I am totally rooting for McRae, and I'm totally rooting against John Ham. <laughs> you should be rooting for John Ham, but I'm not because I so want McRae to get out of this lifestyle that he's trying to get out of.
1: Interesting because I'm really I'm, I'm with you on the whole. I'm cheering for Doug. I really am cheering for Doug. I get conflicted because I love John Ham in all things. Oh, he's yeah. amazing! This and I think he's good. Uh, I think he's I think he's savage. <laughs> like he'll take down yeah. anyone. Uh, yeah. oh, the yeah. scene, the scene with him and um, Blake Lively, uh, Krista, I think her name is, in the bar, yeah. where he entraps her basically. Um, uh, it's real it's yeah brutal and powerful
2: yeah no i didn't i don't i don't i don't root for what's his face but i also don't root for john hat either okay i don't i, I really struggle to find any so you sympathetic don't that's the problem is you, because actual. you because
1: you don't have a dog in the fight you kind of take a step back
2: yeah because i don't right. i don't find any of them to be endearing or sympathetic or anything so i kind of go i don't really care about the outcome
4: off see, I was kind of like, I was kind of like Ian because I'm rooting for both John Hamm and Ben Affleck because I want I want justice to be served mainly because of how despicable Jeremy Renner is. But at the same point, yeah, I really want Doug to be able to get out of it because you can see he's he's the one person that could actually break that cycle and kind of stop doing what. His dad did, and his
1: mum did. Oh, his, it and his, actually, make changes. His, dad's, made change. his yeah. dad's still doing it. Like he's in yeah, prison, exactly. and he's still involved yeah. in the life. And I think there's this <laughs> idea of generational. Um, I don't even know, don't know what word to call it is, but generational arrested development. Yeah, essentially, I think
2: that's what gets gets me at the end though as well, because obviously, we're like, even if I was rooting for him to get out of it, the last thing he we see him do before he leaves is shoot two people, and I don't get me wrong, they're bad people. But like he ends his arc of trying to get out of the lifestyle by killing two people, which is something that we learn earlier in the film. He's not done before. So he kind of goes Mm -hmm. to the extreme and then escapes it. The hard
1: part is, once you get to that part in the story, I think those two characters need their comeuppance.
2: Yeah, they do. They do. But it was...
1: And the only... Because John Hamm's character is not going to do that. No. So it's got to be him fulfilling the promise he made. And I think once he goes, I'm the one who purposely got your mum addicted to... Yeah, oh, don't get me wrong, they're bad yeah. people,
2: but it's difficult to, like...
1: Be... I think we forgive him for that.
2: Yeah, I mean...
1: Stop in any cycle from... The... I think yeah. without that admission, you can't have him go in there and shoot them like no, he does. No, 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 yeah. definitely mm.
2: not. But, like, even so, I was a bit, like...
1: Oh, I was really okay with that, okay.
2: Go on, go, go escape, but you're gonna kill two people
1: first. Cool, okay. Certainly.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's a difference of opinion on yeah. this film. <laughs> because
1: those two... Because the movie yeah. tells me these two <clears throat> guys deserve to die.
2: Yeah, but I don't, but it, for me it didn't tell me enough that he deserves a better chance at life. But like it doesn't it doesn't turn that around enough for me. I don't get to know him enough before he tries to turn around can in I order have, for the turn to make any difference. Can
1: I have sixty seconds to try? Go for it. Okay. So little Dougie at six years of age yeah. has his mum leave because the local crime boss purposely got her Drugged up, yeah, which leaves him in the custody then of a father who does bank jobs. This is what he does. So, what other outcome is Doug going to have than the life that we see him in?
2: The hockey, which he fails twice. But
1: why does he? But clearly, he fails that because of the things that happened in his life up to that point, which created these patterns in behavior and outcomes for himself.
2: I don't know. We learn at twenty years old that he's in the in with the hockey or whatever it was mm-hmm. at 20 you can you can make your own choices to, regardless of not regardless of what's happened but like you have jurisdiction over the choices you make at that point and so we learn at 20 which is an adult which is a young adult that he's still making those mistakes regardless of the opportunities he's given so that to me so, makes him really but, unsympathetic. but
1: all the so you're, you're arguing that all the formative years have no no impact on that, nor should we give any sort of accountants for those.
2: Well, they... No, of course they do, but I think as well, because we only find out the like full brutality of what happens to him near the end of the film, I've already turned on him and gone, I don't really care. Okay,
1: so that's that's, a structural thing. Because they
2: put it right at the end, so I'm going, if you'd have introduced this, and maybe if you'd had a few shots in the beginning of a flashback to a baby what's-his-face seeing his mother leave or seeing his parents arguing i'm then already aligned with him to feel sympath- sympathetic for him but because the first thing i see of him is him doing a bank heist and then and then they try and retroactively make me feel sympathetic
1: i will say i think this is a boy's film yeah definitely <laughs> yeah because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i really think it is i think this skews male yeah definitely yeah. um Another one, Reverend Bruce, just so curiously, what was because I, I the scene I found really powerful was the scene where Blake Lively's character, Krista, comes to him and says, I want to get out too. I want to leave too. Take me with you. Let me reinvent myself. I want the same thing you want. And he says no and physically removes the two of them from his life. It's the last time he sees the two of them. Yeah. I that was a really, really powerful. Uh, I think and the question we had was: Does the movie give Krista's character enough time to develop so that means something?
0: Mm. Oh, I agree with you. That is really, really powerful. I I had not seen her anything in four. I think she had been in Gossip Girl, yeah. But she's got the Boston dialect really well. Oh, uh, the thing that I went to school with girls with those big hoop earrings <laughs> <laughs> and. And I knew people that actually someone would pull on it. Oh, it was kind of creepy. Ugh. She was amazing.
1: I got performance. And is really that
0: is, oh, it's really strong. And that little girl, when he um, pushes her up against the wall, she actually starts crying in real life because she wanted her mother, Ben Affleck said. And so he pulls her out. He slams the door and she's screaming. I want to go with you. that. No, that was really powerful. And when they have their love scene, Ben Ackplex said you you just see it, it was this drunken ending to a relationship gone bad and she's getting desperate because John Hamm is leveraging her and she does want to get out. Perhaps they could have developed a little bit more, but it wasn't it wasn't bad, I don't think.
2: And it's not a bad scene. So, like, he's I like the st- scene. It just
0: because Yeah.
2: I it's, think the problem with the especially with the two female parts in it is that they don't develop them as anything more than plot points for ben affleck and so right. it's really it's difficult right. to like engage with those two people i think like you saying if it skews male heavy then yeah. the only two kind of maybe bits that i would engage with are purely for ben affleck's character so it's a bit like i don't particularly care that it, much okay. but
1: i'll do this one in 30 seconds <clears throat> oh, okay i'm just curious about thought actually on it and it's the bit where john ham is talking her up in the pub and uh she says to him they're flirting a bit and she says hey if you want to catch you got to chase the rabbit if you want to get the tail or something like that yeah and then there's this little bit you're like okay and she goes my mom taught me that and you're like Oh, Ugh. that's again generational trappings, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So children who follow directly in the and then she's got a kid like right beside her most yeah. of the scenes in the movie, and, and and it's 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 by no mistake it's a it's a it's a it's a daughter, it's not a son. Yeah. yeah. So this will happen again. We're just gonna keep recreating this the status quo. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's where I get a lot of my oomph from as far as that scene goes is going. Again, it's just, we're just, just recreating. And it's the same thing that the dad says. You think your mother was any different from these 23-year-olds who are standing around? And it's really cynical, but you sit there and you go, within the confines, what we see is not wrong. And, you know, Ben Affleck, I believe, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon are a couple of Boston boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, the, I think the the chirons at the end suggest maybe he's not from Charleston specifically, mm. but the idea that, you know, he's not being inauthentic with some of these or at least the more negative stereotypes thereof, because yeah, a lot of films are very, in, very
2: sad. Yeah. A lot of
1: films set in Boston, whether it's Perfect Storm, whether it's The Departed, whether it's this, whether it's even the uh, Dramedy series on Amazon Prime, uh, Kevin can fuck himself yeah (laughs) it's this idea of this boston um or or sort of greater massachusetts kind of you think you're better than me
3: Mm.
1: kind of perspective and you don't get to get out because if you get out what you think you're better than me because you want to go and live your fancy life yeah i don't know how my accent was on that but i'm gonna Mm. i'm gonna gonna try try and run with it (laughs) so it is the sort of idea about the cycles of no one gets to get out. Yeah. If you want out that's something we need to reduce. How you know why because you're better than than this. You think you're better yeah. than this? Why do you think you're better than this? And this sort of paranoid inferiority complex.
2: Yeah. I just don't think they've like showed us enough of the bad stuff to make them feel like they wanted to get out really badly. They told us about it? Yeah. After they'd already introduced people, they didn't ever really show us much of it and so i struggled with in get like kind of connecting the characters and their backstories because we never saw them both happen at the same time if that makes sense but other than ben affleck and his guys robbing banks you didn't really see the effects of you saw the effects of it but not actually it happening so it's difficult to kind of pin it together
1: speaking of boston films reverend bruce something that uh, i i floated aboard i want to get your theory on this has ben affleck just rewritten goodwill hunting in a way that lets him be will Some
0: people view it that way. Yeah, some people view this as (laughs) a as a combination of heat and goodwill hunting. He also uh, did Gone Baby Gone,
1: which is also
0: another. That's when I actually looked at critics, and they actually like Gone Baby Gone better. I've seen it. I like The Town better. Okay, but uh, The Town has been kind of described as as a heat and goodwill hunting kind of a heist movie with heart a little bit of a retread maybe no not a retread but similar themes to gone baby gone because it was also a boston movie and i think amy ryan was in it who i think she won an oscar for her performance so yeah there's some settlement now one of the things that's interesting is i actually read the book on which this is based prince 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 of Thieves? thieves yeah prince of thieves not Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> no, but no, no. The novel, <laughs> Prince of Thieves. Oh, I love
1: Brian Adams' song on that one. It was great.
0: <laughs> yes. There's also a director's cut, which I used to watch. It's about two and a half hours. And there's a couple of things different. Well, the main thing is that in the book and in the director's cut, there's actually a love triangle between Claire Kesey, John Hamm, and Ben Affleck.
1: Oh! Oh! So basically, it's the Departed. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's better. I did. So, I, I did ask in the opening scene: Is he flirting with her? Yeah. I did because it felt very flirty.
2: And you also and if asked if at John the director- man an attractive yeah. man, and I said no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, he's more
0: than flirt. He he takes her out on a date, and he admits to Claire Keegan that he shouldn't be doing it because he's a suspect, but he does it anyway. And he tells her that he, he always has to look at his food because since he works with the FBI, people are putting all kinds of crap in his food to try to poison him. I've stopped watching the director's cut because it dilutes the story, and I don't think it's as good.
1: See, we asked if there was stuff left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. That's really interesting. Lots. I picked a- There's about
0: 30 minutes Thirty minutes. Let me
1: ask you one more it something, the backstory. Something yeah. else we picked up on was the idea of the character oh he's played by the man in black for lost. Um John Hamm's number two. Whatever that uh, Oh, uh
0: Titus Welliver, Dino.
1: That's it, Dino. Um they make up a big point is that when they bring John Hamm in, not John Hamm, when they bring Ben Affleck in halfway through the movie, and they have the face off and he goes, You used to be one of us, and you've ratted yes. on all of us. And that felt like that was building somewhere, and we never get any mention of it or him really the rest of the film. Was there something else in his narrative that gets cut away?
0: Not with him, no. Wow, okay. Not with him.
1: Huh. That was a really That's, strange mm-hmm. thing to – other because loyalty is obviously such a big part of this movie. Yeah. And so, you know, you have its most extreme uh, versions of it, which we see – I guess they're trying to sort of redeem or humanize uh, James uh, when he admits that he – the reason why he went down for nine years was to protect Doug. Yeah. Um, hmm You know, no, and even the bit where I look, I need you to come with me, no questions asked, we're going to hurt some people. And he goes, All right, yeah, whose car are we taking? That sort of blind loyalty Um,
2: or blind psychopathic rage. Well, I think, I think there's, it's
1: a Venn diagram (laughs) when those two things do overlap. But yeah, it's just, I was just, I'm really interested about that um, because of, uh, I thought that they were going somewhere there, but apparently not.
0: No, they didn't. Now, I learned a couple of new words. All right. John Hamm speaks of his. Irish omerta That's a, a code of silence.
2: Uh, uh-huh. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: Omerta. I actually hadn't heard that. Now, there's another great word. It's during the interrogation with Glonzy, Albert McGlone. He's one of the four. Yep. And the guys say, what's wrong with you guys? Don't they teach you guys in Charleston how to r- oh. get authentic?
1: Oh, I think we lost it there, Reverend Bruce, really shortly. So, what was the quote again? Don't they teach you guys in Charleston?
0: Don't, don't they teach you guys in Charleston how to read? And Glonzy says, I'm trying to make it authenticious. Authentic? What?
1: Is, is, is that a real word?
0: Authentitious. We have a term for that in America. It's called a George W. Bushism. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> George W. Bush had this penchant for mangling his words. Like he, his best one is, they misunderestimated
1: me. I remember that one.
0: <laughs> In 2000. <laughs> <laughs> but I declare that that is a great word. Don't misunderestimate me. Yeah. Let's make that a real word. <laughs> but <laughs> authenticious ben, ben Franklin, Ben Affleck, thought of an entitling... The movie authenticus, oh, as funny. instead he picked the town.
1: Yeah, the town's but a bit, that's a, a George. Name.
0: It's a better name, but that's a George W. is ism authenticus. Bush oh, yeah. forty three, as opposed to Bush forty one.
1: Yes, yes. Um, some of that might come out of the mouth of Michael Scott.
2: Definitely, yeah,
1: yeah. Where you get something like eighty <laughs> percent right, but screws up the last twenty percent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, any other cool stuff that you you know about uh, the town you want to drop on us? Because in order to keep my 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 first view kind of authenticious, <laughs> I decided to, uh, to 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 do like zero research so that I could just enjoy the film without knowing what was coming.
0: Let me tell you what I've noticed. Right. I've watched it several times because. Or, or let me compare it to Heat for a minute because it's been compared to Heat because I thought I'm going to rewatch Heat because it's a great heist movie because
1: that's a classic. Yeah, we, we've we, 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 we've we've done Heat. Is that the
2: one where I thought they were the same? Yeah, that's yeah. the one where you thought yeah. the two of them were the
1: same guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until they like yeah. started chasing each other really stupidly around an airport. Right.
1: Yeah. Once they start sort of coffee, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I. So I got I was going to watch it. I thought oh no it's 2 hours 50 minutes It's a long movie yeah It's just too long and it has a very underwhelming ending
1: Oh that last chase through the airport Sucks. Oh,
3: <laughs>
0: it's, so it's, I, just, it's so bad
1: it's so bad It's
0: so bad and, But this movie you've got three set pieces you've got the opening robbery you've got the second one which we call nuns with guns Nuns
1: with guns Love it
0: which is a good one. And then the Fenway park, it clips along with kind of minimal backstory. Um, I like how it clips along. It tells a good story. And I like the fact that Ben Affleck is so highly regarded in Boston. He actually grew up in Cambridge, which is just a couple of miles to the, to the West. And that's a very hoity toity part of Boston because yeah. that's where Harvard university is. And they say pack the car and have it yet. And I've been on that campus. It's it's quite a place because it's one of the. Oh, when did Harvard start? Seventeen in the mid seventeen hundreds. Yeah, it's the it's the oldest Ivy League university. That's quite a place. I was not smart enough to get in there, well, and it, I didn't even try.
1: It predates the American Revolution because I think there's a whole bit of it in Hamilton, isn't it? It was my parents dying wish before they put their The whole idea wants to matriculate in. in-
2: oh, I didn't, I didn't know that was at Harvard. Wait,
0: no, it's it's mid sixteen hundreds. Yes. I said seventeen hundreds. That's way too late.
1: Yeah, Harvard University. I'm just going to give you a quick look here. Uh, founded in sixteen thirty six.
0: Yeah, that's our that's oldest one. Jeez, what you should do is, is look up with what they're in how many billions their endowment oh, is. Oh, it's going to be insane. For- it's it's utterly insane, because you had Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Brown, Dartmouth.
3: <sighs> yeah, And
0: nine of the ten were actually religiously founded universities. The only one that wasn't was University of Pennsylvania, which was founded by Ben Franklin in Philadelphia.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, but those are great schools. I wouldn't have had a hope and a prayer of getting into any of them.
2: That's the equivalent of our red bricks, isn't it?
1: That's uh, so you, uh, your Russell so yeah.
2: Russell, yeah, Russell Group. Is that what they yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know.
1: Canada, we have nothing like, like it. They were,
2: they're built out of red brick. Like oh, okay. They're, the, the posh ones, yeah.
1: So what if I just wanted to start one and build it with red brick? I couldn't do it?
2: No, that's no, you could, but that's not.
1: You wouldn't be, the, hey, yeah, our bricks are red. It wouldn't count. So it would be like, we're <laughs> a university so with red can, bricks, yeah, yeah, but we're yeah, yeah, not a red brick really, university. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. We're a
2: university in Cambridge, but we're not Cambridge
1: I'm a Brit with an accent, but I don't have a British accent.
0: The there we go. Uh, yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of other things that I could say. I just think it's insane that they were allowed to shoot at Fenway Park, and the idea that they would try to rob it is totally nuts. <laughs> but it's it's, cause it's it's an iconic. It's, it's, it's the, it's the uh, big oh, bang
1: and, you need for your third act, though, because you we've we seen really a couple is. of things. A, a bank, an armored car. Now we're going to. What, 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 what more could there be?
0: yeah and what's funny is i have a very direct relative in boston who lives there now who's kind of a dead ringer for claire kesey (laughs) (laughs) and when it comes to the end game i'm gonna have to decide what does my head say her age is (laughs) if you use claire kesey for rebecca (laughs) hall for the Do I vote what my relative is or what I think
1: (laughs) she is? If you want to stay in their good books, aim young.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but she's kind of a dead ringer. Oh, I also have a nephew who was a groundskeeper at Fenway Park.
2: That's That's cool.
0: He was a serious baseball player, could have made the minor leagues, but instead he went into turf management and he was a groundskeeper at Fenway Park when they won their first World Series in, in 86 years in 2004.
1: Remember that? So
0: he got a big-time bonus. He doesn't do that anymore. He lives somewhere else. But I, we have several relatives on both sides of the family. So I have been, oh, I've come to or through Boston almost every year of my life. Oh, here's an interesting thing it's the whole issue of what we call gentrification mm. because my whole life i have watched it's kind of a this double thing of white flight and gentrification in the urban areas people of color move in white people move out i know people who drive one or 200 miles back into a city to work but what's happening is, is that wealthier people are moving back into the cities mm-hmm. and inflating the property values and pushing the poorer people out. Like, Claire Kesey's apartment, I looked at, I did, I did some research. It, where they filmed it, it is 15 Monument Way, which is just right across from the Bunker Hill Monument. I looked at, on Zillow at its value. And it actually sold last February 2021 for $1.4 million.
1: Yeah. Whoa. That's yeah. yeah. So raises, That's insane. Raises property taxes, um, also raises rents mm-hmm. for anybody else around there, yep. and it prices them. Yep. It prices the original inhabitants out of the market.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. That is what's happening in all of our inner cities is that poor people who live there can't afford the property taxes because the property tax on her house is $15,000 alone. And a poor person can't afford that. Now I have another direct relative who bought one of those townhouses in a different area. It was an Italian Catholic area that we call East Boston. And I just found out what they paid because I, I just got the message. They bought it in, that one of these connected townhouses in 1984 for $35,000 in 2000, they sold it for 200,000. And last year it was worth 1.2 million. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's madness, isn't it?
0: And, and that's what happens in America. Like I couldn't afford my own house. Now I live in your, we live in our typical suburban area. But I probably couldn't afford my own house now We have lots of people of color In our neighborhood But they have serious money They are not deflating property values And that's what we call Gentrification Is that poor people Just get priced out of nice areas What I don't know is how many It is It is pretty much an Irish Catholic community The Charlestown What I don't know is how many of that demographic actually still live there yeah yeah In well, 50 I, years
1: i don't know i was gonna ask that the idea about you know there is this representation we see fairly consistently through the movies that basically i've, I've all mentioned they've all kind of been yeah, irish yeah, yeah. catholic based uh versions of the boston community and um you know is that an accurate representation anymore or is it or is it some sort of hyper real version of it yeah. Yeah.
2: Is it once what it was, but it yeah. isn't
1: anymore. Last thing before yeah. we, we 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 pop to the end game, maybe, is um I mean we, we, we've said heat, we've said goodwill hunting. I kind of think this is a little bit of like, what if you did point break, but you did it from Patrick Swayze's character's point of view? Mm, yeah. Because it kind of is that side of it. Here's the here's the group of rogues as they do their heist. It's a little bit more gritty than you know, all the way down to the masks and the and carefully oiled machine. But then watching sort of as, as the as the members of the crew get eliminated one by one by one by one. But then at the end, you know, a Bodhi lives, I suppose. He catches his wave and makes it, he does get to New Zealand, I suppose. You can find out our Point Break review if you look back <laughs> in our archives.
0: Yeah, I, I. it's been a while since I've seen that. Oh, okay. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say, Jeremy Renner is actually a frightening character.
2: He's terrifying in this. Yeah.
0: He, oh, he's got that pencil mustache. He he is what we would call unhinged or a loose <laughs> Yeah, we
1: have that word too.
0: <laughs> Un, you just have no idea because even at the beginning, at the very when the very first conversation, you hear Ben Affleck saying. Hey, no one needs to get hurt. He says, if the gods want to test you, though, don't, don't let them get in the way if they want to get hurt for $10 an hour. He's ready to just start cracking heads. Oh, and you notice in the first bank robbery, robbery Victor Garber was there. Yes. <laughs> he, you're wondering why he, was, he had a few more scenes in the director's cut and Ben Affleck had to cut him out, but he got his head beaten in. That's yes. about oh. the only thing you see. Yes, that's right and and Ben Affleck saying easy easy what are you doing <laughs> cuz he's he's trying to restrain Jeremy Renick cuz this guy's a loose cannon who's just going to go off at any moment he's terrified the other thing is you want to hate the villain and is it it's Pete Poslewaite the
1: florist <laughs> he is creepy
2: so creepy you,
1: I think think Reverend Bruce just got into our end of year. uh (laughs) (laughs) We've said we've said Postlethwaite a lot in this episode.
0: Postlethwaite. He was he was in Usual Suspects, wasn't
1: he? Usual Suspects and Romeo and Juliet.
0: Yes. He was creepy. Mm hmm. And yeah. you really want to see him get his just desserts because he's the crime boss. And the thing is, you've got The Departed, where Jack Nicholson's Whitey Belt, just this over-the-top crime boss. The florist is understated but creepy,
1: and such a juxtaposition too. The florist, florist, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. something that should be in beauty, Ugh. and he, he brings just the opposite. Yeah, um,
2: keeps in business with the funeral bouquets, though.
1: I, I suppose. Well, you gotta send those wreaths out to people's houses, right? Yeah. Let's go ahead and hit this. We're in the end game now. Yeah, we are in the end game now. Reverend Bruce, would you help us out with a with a random word?
0: I've got one. Okay, and it's got to be said right. It's green monster.
1: Green monster. Well, I said I did that British.
2: You sounded like <laughs> Dick Van Dyke doing Cockney London. Oh, I like. oh,
1: it's the green monster. It <laughs> the is. Green
2: monster. <laughs> yes. Because remember,
0: it would be nice to be, have like a a, uh, a four hundred year microphone because the English dialect morphed somehow into the New England yeah. dialect. Yeah, absolutely. Like they say, Sorry it idea." Yeah, they drop the "rs."
1: Yeah, the "rs" kind of disappear. And, so when I was, I remember I was learning to do a show. It was for uh, Spamalot. A spam, yeah. And it was, it's not, it's. Not, I was going Arthur, and they go, "Oh, Arthur." Arthur. And I went, "Oh no, it's <laughs> Arthur." It, it's, it's Arthur. Arthur. I, had to go, I had to go Arthur Darling. And they'd go, Ar- it, it I learned it was just, oh, it's Arthur. Oh, listen, Arthur <laughs> Darling.
2: Arthur, <laughs> Arthur, as in it's got an A on the end. Arthur.
1: And it's not AR. It's not It's not Arthur. No, it's just, just an A. It's, a- well, it's like AH. Arthur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arthur Darling. So there were so many R's in that small span. It killed yeah, now me. It
4: now sounds like they're trying to say Arthur, but in a it accent. It does.
1: But when I was supposed to say water as well, they went, oh, water. It, it, it oh, was,
2: water. Water. Wo- uh, Water. Why are they? Yeah. Um.
0: So green. So the green. The green. Mo- yeah. The green monster is that thirty-seven foot wall yeah. in Fenway
1: Park. Left field. Yep. Try and hit it off over that. Um. So. Uh. Let's talk about the money, money, money. Thirty-seven million dollar budget. What does it take home, Georgia?
2: Two hundred eighteen.
4: Wow. Mm. Ethan. Ninety-five. Reverend
1: Bruce. 120. Reverend Bruce wins 154. Whoa. Hey. Oh, more I actually I, didn't know. Wow. More, more than I thought it would. I was like five times mm-hmm. its budget. Like I knew it, I knew it made a sound. It didn't really make a sound over oh, was 2011. I was still in Canada. Actually. I heard buzz around it. Like come like, when people are like, Oh, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't remember like driving by a cinema and seeing it up, up, up to sea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oscars, one nomination, zero wins. Do we anyone have a guess what the nomination was for? It
2: better not be the finding Nemo score.
1: No, it wasn't the finding Nemo score. <laughs> Screenplay? Nope. Oh.
2: The cinema I actually know this. Oh ah, well,
1: why don't you go ahead and tell us then, Reverend Bruce?
0: It's Jeremy Renner for Best Supporting Actor, isn't
1: it? Yeah, it is. Uh, okay. Whoa, yeah, no, okay. yeah, Unhinged is, is a pretty easy um <laughs> Yeah.
2: I reckon I could do unhinged well.
1: See, unhinged is hard without it becoming
4: cartoony. Yeah, yeah, I reckon I could. Every do it. every best acting montage on YouTube
1: is usually someone like Losing being it. unhinged. Oh, it's it's like always, Nicole, I'm on the edge. It's, it's like when Nicole Kidman won for for the others. No, not me wrong. Nicole Kidman's very good in the others, but she had the role that let her have those breakdowns. Yeah, Julianne yeah. Moore is far better in the others than Nicole Kidman is. I've not seen. Oh, it's, oh, is, it's is a,
2: the others the one where there's like they're the ghosts, but they think they're the ghosts. No. Oh, I don't
1: know that. It's It's the story of three women throughout time, and they're all living unhappy lives. Okay. And we see how their choice to just continue on links to each other, but also affects those around them.
3: Okay.
1: Oh, it's really, really powerful. One is, I think one's Meryl Streep, one's Julianne Moore, and one's Nicole Kidman. Right. Fantastic movie. I think I watched it in, to get ready for um, our Nicole Kidman Round roundtable Okay.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Totally. I would totally do an episode on that. So good. Um, who would you cast as who? Reverend Bruce, I'll let you do this. Who would you cast as who? <laughs> who would I be? Cast, cast all oh. of us. Cast all of us. You are in the director's chair. You are now, you're in place of Mr. Ben Affleck.
2: But unfortunately, you But we are, we are,
1: we <laughs> are, the other thing is you have to put us in the movie. So yourself and the three of us. Who's, who's getting what parts?
0: Ian, you are Jeremy Renner.
1: <laughs> See, I would put Liam as Renner myself, but I, I will gladly—I will gladly, gladly take. Man, he was a thin guy. I need to get—I need to do some cardio.
0: <laughs> don't you? Don't you play a good villain? I—I I do.
1: I think I do.
2: You do Smarmy? I think villain, I heard though. you,
1: s- Judd Fry.
2: Yeah, Smarmy villain. Well,
1: oh, that's like- not no Smarmy. That's not no. He's not Smarmy.
2: Oh, he's gross and like that's Ew. not Smarmy.
1: Those are different words. Smarmy, like like Bud Frump is Smarmy. Yeah. Yeah. Smarmy and Smarmy's smug. Like Smarmy and, and smug. Smarmy's like entitled smug. Yeah. 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 So okay. So so we got, we, got, we got me cast. We've still got yourself, Ethan, and Georgia here.
0: Um, <clears throat> I'm absolutely John Hamm. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually frightening how much I'm like John Hamm. We have a word that we use to describe him, and it's the term moxie. Ah,
1: he's got moxie. He yeah. used the term moxie.
0: It, now, did you know that's derived from a New England drink? I did not. Oh. Yeah, it it goes back to the 1800s. It tastes like. Pungent root beer with licorice. I had one the other day, and the more you drink it, the bitter it gets. And it, like all soda, like all sodas, it actually used to have cocaine in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I didn't like it, but yeah. But remember that picture of John Hamm just sitting up, obsessing over solving this crime. Mm-hmm. I'm. It's scary how much I'm like that. <laughs> Now you know what Ms. Reverend Bruce has to live with.
1: We got, we, we got a glimpse into how Reverend Bruce plans his sermons. It's like a cork board with string everywhere. <laughs> how can I make this work? Yeah.
0: It's it's actually frightening how much I like him. Because she says, you know, you're, you could be really hard to live with. <laughs> I'm we, very intense.
1: We got to get Mrs. Reverend Bruce McRae on the pod at some point. That's got to happen.
0: Well... I, I'm tr she'd be great because she's fun. She's laid back. I'm intense.
3: <laughs> I've
0: been thinking. No, I've been thinking what movie the two of us could bring. There we go. I think I've got one.
1: All right. S- oh. sit inside, cause It's always fun to see these guys reveal. But yeah, we'll definitely talk on that. One.
0: I won't say it now. Right. Um, if I can get her to do it. She's not here now because she had to she had to go back to work. So I'm here by myself,
1: oh,
3: bless
0: you. but one of these days, I think she'll do it. She, um, she had to go back home. We
1: would gladly welcome you guys. Yeah. Home.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think I've got one, but I'm like John ham, Georgia. You're not Blake lively. You'd be Claire Kesey. Yeah.
2: I think so. <laughs>
1: Cause Claire Kesey. You are the kind of person who like, it's a sunny day. Let me think of dead people. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we were joking cho- we at rehearsal on Friday night I, I said something and obviously we're doing Adam's Family and I was like yeah there's a reason I was cast as Wednesday and they
3: all <laughs> kind of looked at me like yeah, yeah. it's
2: yeah. definitely there
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. so you're definitely Claire Kesey because she comes across she she's not developed enough I'd like to see a little yep. more of her definitely but she comes across as a very kind person Oh, I should say this. You did get the key sentence of the movie that she says right at the end.
1: Uh the su- the sunny days one. Doug, I really want to see you. Yeah, yeah. Be like if you like
0: one of my sunny, sunny days, days.
1: It's the tip off that if you come here, you will That's, die. Mm.
0: And it's it shows she still cares for him. Oh, it's absolutely. Like, oh, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. And she it's, turns the tables on John Hamm.
1: It's, it's the equivalent of, like, the slow motion running across a bridge with the pop song. <laughs> yeah. and right. It's a comedy, right? <laughs> yeah. You're truly I'm trying to make it somebody, happen. Love somebody like you. <laughs> Can I just pelt
0: them with rotten
2: oranges?
4: Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. I'm trying to figure out who, who Ethan should be
4: in what the camp. Guy now, guys.
0: <laughs> I think you're authentic He's a mind my- So go ahead Actually authenticious. Actually The other guy is Dez He's kind of the brains Of the operation He works at Barracom.
1: We'll give you some more lines buddy
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Give him some more lines be- Because it did feel like The two of them our main two are really well sort of established. The other two are just guys. Yeah. Like just guys. Yeah. Like there's no development there right. at all. Just a couple of dudes being guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And by the way, those two guys are real Charlestownians. They speak with oh, the real Boston dialect. Those two actors. And I should say there are several in the movie who are real Bostonians. Oh, remember the florist bodyguard?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, that
0: he is a real Bostonian. Did you see the tattoo? That's a real Irish. Colors, oh, really? Okay. Colors. Yeah. yeah. State of Massachusetts with the 02129 zip code. Yeah.
2: Okay. Fergie. I, was, I, did, I saw them like zoom in on it several times, but didn't yeah. know what it was. And,
0: and he says, "Fergie, kids here." That's <laughs> a real dialect. Um, and then, so I think that's what it would. Or would Ethan be Jeremy Renner? no i'm gonna give it to ian he's the villain (laughs) yeah let's go yeah we'll make you the villain on that note
1: what what should this film have been called besides
2: escape to orangeville
1: escape to orangeville (laughs) orangeville is a place not far from my house in canada oh yeah there we go really uh, I would go with the, I'm going to go hard into the, into the romantic comedy thing.
2: <laughs> Just another bank heist.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you stole my heart.
2: <laughs> you held my heart hostage.
1: Hostage of love. <laughs> it be, I'd edit it, so it'd be like, they said to keep walking and so I could feel the cold of the water on my toes. <laughs> Probably the longest walk of my life. <laughs> Kiss me <laughs> <laughs> Um Whose story is it? I mean this one's easy, isn't it? Yeah, What's his face, yes? Doug. Yeah. Dog. It's Doug McCrae. Dougie McCrae. Yeah. Um what is the story here? Someone
2: wanting to escape a life that they are already in but can't get out of. That's
1: what Kelly Clarkson Cripe. sang about. I mm-hmm. just want to break away. Oh. Right. I'll spread my pay. wings Except and I'll, I'll learn how, how to fly. fly. Get played no Lively out size. of here or else I might cry. Gotta
2: rob a bank. <laughs> Kill some guys. <laughs> <laughs> Stab your face.
1: <laughs> and drive away on the motorway. <laughs> All right. I was my next note is what song could we up of Georgia? A musical inspiration. I think we've got it. Kelly Clarkson Breakaway is the is the musical inspiration from this. Uh, Georgia, you want to start Roll of Women. Not great. No, it's not.
2: (laughs) It's not
3: good, is it? No.
1: It's 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 I once had an English paper and it was based on Othello. And um in order to get this, you need to know that June Cleaver. Is a character on Leave It to Beaver, and she was your stereotypical. I'm, I'm saying to, to, to the, not just you guys, but the British audience who might be listening no, or I was global just audience.
2: by June Cleaver's on Leave It to Beaver? Like why did everything after rhyme?
1: Yes. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, but she was your stereotypical. She was your uh, the 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 idyllic sitcom mom, right? At least of that time frame. Mm-hmm. Dinner was on the table. Yay. Oh, what's wrong, dear? Oh, what's wrong, Beaver? Right. Um. And so about the role of women in Othello, which was very much they're perfect or they're going to bring you down and cause your moral corruptions. Yeah. So I I, I entitled my essay biker beavers and Ju- sorry biker bitches and June cleavers. <laughs> <laughs> to which point, my English uh, teacher, uh, this was like the equivalent of A level, yeah. well, put, put a post-it on it and said, "Try again." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it really is. what it really is. It really is what we have here, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's it's your your Blake Lively and you are the thing that will drag you down yeah, or you are the thing that will set me free.
2: But not only are they just those two stereotypes, they also only exist in relationship in relation to Doug.
1: Yeah. It's how we measure Doug's Doug's progress. Yeah. 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 If he can resist the temptations of the one.
2: Yeah. And earn the respect of the other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. I do like the fact that Blake Lively stands up for herself and turns him in.
2: Yes, Remember how yeah, she yeah, says, yeah. I'm
0: always the one being used. Does she fully turn him in? She <laughs> says he's going to leave.
1: Yeah, she kind of. Well, like, she's off,
0: the isn't? one. Well, she's the one who informs the
1: FBI well, yeah, that they're going right. to rob Fenway. Park. You're right, because all the cops show up at Fenway. How else yeah, do they get there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: You're right. Yeah. So she finally stands up for herself.
1: But, but in the rules of the movie, it's also kind of weird, though, because we're told to value loyalty, right? Yeah, she breaks like that. like the cop from 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 Lost and Dino or whatever his name is. Like we're told, if you're a rat, you are. The movie tells us you are bad.
2: Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Blake, if she doesn't,
0: she's going to lose her kid.
1: Yeah, Blake.
0: She doesn't, she's going to lose her kid.
1: Blake Blake Lively's uh, end game in this in this film. After everybody else leaves, we don't really go back to her. Like, it's not gonna. It's not gonna have gone well for her. No, no. Um, best character best character let's go around we'll go georgia ethan reverend bruce for all these so best character
2: uh, the baby that cries on cue <laughs> i'm messing no uh jeremy renner's very very good uh, yeah
4: ethan uh john ham i i love a, i love a. <laughs> I love a no-nonsense cop who's gonna like get down to the bottom and john ham is a very pretty man
1: yeah yeah absolutely he is uh reverend bruce
0: I'm going to say John Hamm, too, because I'm so much
1: like him. <laughs> Vanity run okay. amok in this film. Well, um, it is. I'm going to go with... I'm going to give some love to Rebecca Hall.
2: Yeah, she was good. She just didn't have she's enough to She's
1: really good in this. And I think... Because it's important, because her reactions to everything... She's the barometer of... She's the barometer of if we should forget Ben Affleck. She's the tool the film yeah. uses to say, here's how you should feel. And we need to see her struggle and we need to see her not forgive him instantly. And then when, when she, it can't just be, Oh, come here, you big lug. I do love you mm-hmm. after all. Like you need to feel that struggle because they're like, like we, you know, this is catfishing to the extreme. Like this is, this is obscene. Yeah. Yeah. The setup. And then, you know, do you want the happy ending where she forgives him? I think the movie's better for it.
2: The movie's better that they don't end up together.
1: Agreed. And the idea is, it's hypothetical. Yeah. yeah. Is it this life or is it the next? you know what I mean? And and that's powerful. Um, So I'm going to go with her. Although, I don't mention a Ben Affleck who's really good in this. Yeah. I think. He really is. Um, Let's go with best moment or best element. Georgia.
2: Um, usually I'd try and pick something like that's a bit... When I don't particularly like films, I try and find things that are more practical or like the making of the film. But I can't even go with the Finding Nemo score because it just sounds like Finding Nemo and I can't get over that. Um, I don't know, come back to me. I'll think of something.
4: All right, Ethan. Uh, the intensity in this film is really constant and I really like that because there's never a moment where I'm like not on edge, especially during the heists. The the way that they just remove all sound and it's just pure silence is so, so well done and yeah, that's a, true. a very unprecedented thing that I've never really seen used because there's always at least some bit of sound and that zones me in so much because there's nothing. And I, I really appreciated that because it, it did. It gave it stakes for me.
1: Can you be very unprecedented? I don't know. <laughs> I just want to think. <laughs> you either are unprecedented or you're not unprecedented. There's a range there. Um, Mildly, there you go. Mildly,
2: Mildly <laughs> unprecedented.
1: Um, Reverend Bruce,
0: <clears throat> I'm going to go with the second set piece, the nuns with guns scene. <laughs> that I like a good car chase. Like I actually like the Fast and Furious movies, maybe starting with number five.
1: <laughs> it's funny. You with, <laughs>
0: Like they're spectacular car chases. This one is so good because I've actually driven through the North end. And those streets are as narrow as they look. That's one of the oldest places in America. And the, the car chase scene, it feels claustrophobic because that's exactly what it's like. And it is intense. It, it is crazy like the car chases just going through the North end. I think that's my favorite. The other thing is those two, those two different masks they wear are amazing. Like the Skeletor mask and the nun mask. Those are because you can't really see inside. So yeah, yeah. them wearing those, those masks in, in that scene, I think that's my favorite. I also like the very end when some people think it's too sentimental, but I like the ending where he just is writing that note to Claire and leaves the money to her. And he says, for the first time in my life, I'm leaving the city. Maybe if I go, I can stop looking. And no matter how much you change, you still have to pay the price for the things you've done. And it's like, that's, that's true. And you kind of see him on that, uh, on the water. Yeah. Now that he's off the grid. And he's kind of owning up to his past, but you don't know where it's going to end. But I like that. I like that ending because I really want to see them together, but I don't think they're going to be.
1: Yeah. Um, this film's got a great number of scenes where it's just two characters having powerful moments. I'm going to cheat and take two. I could Mm -hmm. take three, but I'm going to take two. The girl he rejects and the girl who rejects him. So the scene, obviously with Blake lively, which we've talked about where he rejects her and physically moves her out of his space. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's really well done. And I think Blake Lively is very, Blake Lively is very good in this. I think we didn't talk about her enough as far as performance goes, but she's very good in this. Um, surprisingly so. um, And then the scene where he's on the phone and you feel his heartbreak when he's just like, yeah, I want you to come over. Yeah. And you're like, and he can see it. And he's like, all right. And then when she has to, she can't help but bring herself to say that last bit. Yeah. I think there's a swing of emotions. In that. I mean, despite the fact that everybody ignores a guy of the appropriate size and build of the guy we're looking for, just because he's got a bus uniform and a giant bag which might have money in it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah. Uh those are my two favorite uh sort of bits. Uh Grumble, Georgia.
2: I thought of my bit I liked. Oh, you bit you like, sorry, yeah. I liked the opening heist other than the unnecessary shot up her. <clears throat> I
1: thought
2: that's a really good bit of the film the heist is great the heist is good um my grumble is that i did not find any of the characters to be sympathetic in the slightest which meant i turned on the film really quite quickly which meant that i just didn't like it i think it does i think you've said it, you've nailed it. it does skew boy heavy and it skews american heavy i think as well because i think you have to mm-hmm. in order to appreciate a lot of the references i think you have to have knowledge of boston and baseball and all those things because to me that is just another that's just a stadium like, it's just a location that means nothing to me other than...
1: Ethan, I'm curious for your take on this, mm. because you're, you know, we, we know you're a massive football fan these days, but oh, obviously obviously, you don't really know anything about baseball, I'm, uh, I'm assuming anyway, um, no. and, and you're not American, so I'm wondering, did you find the same sort of uh, challenges? Did you feel that you had to have some sort of cultural knowledge you had to be able to access?
4: No, I think it's because I've been reading uh, Marvel Comics from the 1930s uh, recently, and oh my God, you need an encyclopedic knowledge of anything American culture, especially football and baseball. So I think, so like comparing that to this, this is yeah. like, this is a brief, this is like a walk in a park for me, because I, like it it was more like a um, like a covering, like a background
1: yes. uh, for it. I mean, Boston's kind of like a character in the same way than how much your mother in New York's a character. And I've been to New York. Yeah. But it's still this hyper-real version of New York. Yeah. It's not really New York. Like, I mm. like movie Boston. Mm-hmm. But that's how I know it as, is movie Boston. Yeah. So I don't know if it helps my reading to go, oh, it's Boston. Outside of they sound a certain way. You know, I I would still love it if they went. You know, I'm shipping up to Boston because ah. I should be in every Boston set movie ever. Even even <laughs> Cheers, Cheers should have. We should we re, should redo it. <laughs> We're shipping up to Cheers. <laughs> anyway, uh, interesting. But no, so you felt that you just couldn't find anybody engaging enough to sympathize with, All right, Ethan.
4: Um, there is some stuff on the cutting room floor, I'm sure, yeah. as Reverend Bruce has now said, we, with the director's cut, that I think was probably really necessary for me to feel for some characters, especially the the other two in the gang, because I kept forgetting about them, because there wasn't just, there just wasn't enough, and I would have liked some more time to sort of understand other people in the gang, and more sort of, like, the, the, the real bo- boss thing, because it's really just... Renner and Affleck's story in that gang and then when Postlethwaite comes along it kind of shows him but there just wasn't enough extra character like for me
1: Reverend Bruce
0: yeah Chris Cooper is Stephen McRae his father that is an amazing five minutes when Ben Affleck goes to visit him in prison certainly They needed to they needed to give him a dialect coach. <laughs> Cuz when you listen <laughs> he he sounds New York. I made my peace with it. <laughs> he needed to sound Boston. Like Blake Lively, Jeremy Renner and Affleck don't speak Boston, but they obviously were coached up to do it. He needed to I could do it better than he did. (laughs) Maybe they figured just for the five minutes, but that's my little grumble.
1: Um, Yeah. (laughs) When you start talking about Chris Cooper, (laughs) I was like, this, this, this is really positive. You're just cheating away to say more good things. I'm like, oh, there it is. Um, I guess mine would be, and it's hard because, uh, you know, I've seen heat and I've seen all these films and I don't feel like a retread, but you're, of course, you're building on previous cultural knowledge. So I am going, it's a heist. Okay. We're doing this part and this part and this part. Um, I guess my main thing would be uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Like, I just don't care about them. <laughs> Like this, there's so many characters who should have more about them and they just don't. Now, I realize there's only so many things you can tell in two and a half hours or well, two hours. But if, I'm sitting did a two and a half hour version of it. But I'm kind of a big believer in you don't introduce something if you can't pay that off. And I felt there, was, there were a couple elements that I felt they introduced and then pay off. I'm very glad to hear I was right about about, about the love triangle. Yeah, I'm very glad to hear that. It makes me feel very, very clever. Um, but <laughs> which is really—I mean, you want about vanity? I mean, I got some pride there because it's just about—you know—am I right? Yes, that's what—that's all I wanted from this film. Excellent. Um, so yeah, I guess that's me. There is this anybody's best role ever. I don't know. I'm I don't, thinking. I really I'm thinking. It might be Renners.
0: I'm going to second that. I think it's
4: his best. I've not seen Wizard the Hurt Locker because it's no, everyone. No, me either me, yeah. either.
1: me either. But yeah. I will say until I see yeah. the Hurt Locker, yeah. I will put this down. I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah, I probably will because I hear the Hurt Locker is amazing.
4: Yeah, Plus, that's why I'm like. Those the, the two lead that right? everyone
1: who Wiz brings up. Yeah, yeah. Because
4: so. I think it's him and Mackie. I think.
1: What Anthony Mackie? Yeah, I think. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I going to check for that. It's just a weird out. amount of like Marvel sort of secondaries. Yeah, you Uh anybody else? I, I'll tell you what, I like Rebecca Hall more in this than I like her in the prestige. Yeah, she gets a bit more range, I think. She, as gets, well, she gets something to do. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah. about, you know, <laughs> talk about plot point. Like she very much is a plot point in the prestige. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is my
0: favorite athlete as well.
1: Ooh, see, I like Good Will Hunting. I like Gone Girl.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Oh,
1: I like that too. Yeah. yeah. Like, Affleck's got a surprisingly good body of work. I mean, he's also got some terrible films in there, but he's, <laughs> he's got some surprisingly really good ones. Um, I think it's time for the good, the bad, and the Eaves uh georgia 92 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah what give us our give us our three our three critic rundown here
2: so we've got richard roper who said as a director affleck now has two home runs in two at bats this is one of the best movies of the year so he was a fan
3: Um,
1: well excuse me i'll <laughs> I've got
2: Leo Scott, who says uh, from the New York Times, he says essential viewing for connoisseurs of dropped R's, close cropped hairs, and aerial views of the city that used to call itself the hub of, hub of the universe. Okay. And then, good old Roger Ebert.
1: Ebs, I bet you Ebes. likes it. Too.
2: Who says here is a well made crime procedural, and audiences are likely to enjoy it at that level. But perhaps the mechanics of movie crime got in the way of Affleck's higher ambitions. Okay.
1: Yeah. tempered but i think still fairly positive three out four yeah okay that feels right mm-hmm. um yeah so uh i was just to say i made a passing joke about skews boy, boy have you with richard roper yeah um i think it'd be really interesting to look at over the years what percentage of females have held the role of film critic for a newspaper i bet you it's very low
2: very low yeah
1: so i'm just saying what we even
2: when i go on top critics on rotten tomatoes to like like so that it's the ones that are like well, the best critics, the ones that are like held as as in a high standard. Yep. There are very, very few female names on that list. I'll mm. tell you what
1: I was looking into over the past week. Mm. Is there is a there is a a, a methodology mm-hmm. by which podcasts can become certified Rotten Tomato critics.
3: Oh, okay. Oh
1: so it's opening in February of twenty twenty three again. I'd be very mm. That's my, that's my ultimate long-term goal.
2: That'd there. be cool, yeah.
3: I'd yeah. be
1: a happy long guy. That's where I want to go with that. So, uh, let's talk as you look at the our Patreon backers there. George, of course, we'll hear Reverend Bruce's thoughts all to himself later on. So, um, uh let me just take a look with the, the metric as I'm known to do. Oh, I've done too many things at once here and it's all backfiring on me. Uh, it was, is, Is this is the town a great film, good film, okay film, or a poor film with 50% of the vote. Great Mm. film. Mm. Evenly then a quarter say good and a quarter say okay. And it wasn't like only like four people voted or something like that. (laughs) So it's really bizarre. We have this really clean metric. Early when I first put it up there, it was skewed into a different to a different label, and then overnight it had a massive push towards mm-hmm. the great side of it. So that's good. I don't try to, try to look at that between when I post it and when I come back to it here so I can sort of react. What do we have from the Patreon backers, the friends of the podcast?
2: So we've got from Nate the Great says, this is without a shadow of doubt the second greatest heist movie ever. It's got great action, acting, visuals, costumes, cinematography, family drama and a few heartfelt brotherly dynamics that I was really into. The only gripe I have with this, is, with this movie is the love story between Ben Affleck and Rebecca Hall. The chemistry was non-existent for me. Hmm. Other than a really fun and com- other than that a really fun and compelling movie. Oh, and that part where the cop sees them and just turns the other way—it was unexpected. That was amazing. Nice
1: oh, that's great. <laughs> yes, Georgia wanted Love more that. of that. She I said, "I wanted
2: more of that." Yeah,
1: I wanted. What I wanted was I wanted Dino to have a moment like that at the very end. Yeah, yeah. So we can see him doing, you know, not being a rat in this case. He's going to look. The, John Ham's gone too far, way. or yeah. something like that, and he looks the other way and lets him walk by. Like when everyone's just let him walk by, he clocks him and just kind of
2: lets him, lets by, him go.
1: Yeah. That would have been cool. But um, I'm, look at me trying to, trying to up the great Ben Affleck on this one. <laughs> Who else we got?
2: Uh, we have got Cheesy. He With says, a fish on a
1: bike. Yeah. I
2: love a heist movie, so I was excited about seeing this. I have to say, as exciting as the heists were, they seem to use a lot of force and brutality, whereas I prefer them to be a bit clever in how they're pulled off. I think Renner is a fantastic as the short fused gobby little know-it-all aside to him i've never seen before affleck is good when he's with the boys and doing the heist but when he's with claire he's he ter- it's like he turns to wood i guess he's trying to show the duality of his life but i feel like he could have been a lot better in these scenes i always enjoy seeing john ham but feel he could have had more to do this film had me googling the cast the whole way through as they were often so there were so many familiar faces i did enjoy the town even if it wasn't quite as good as i was expecting
1: wow thoughtful She's, then, she always brings brings a
2: she's good at a well thought out yeah, response.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, then we've got Hermes, who says, "I have a." <laughs> had a bit to drink tonight and frankly feel that that's what it takes to get through this one
1: (laughs) (laughs) you did get yourself to a meeting my friend
2: (laughs) I feel like this is a knockoff Italian job meets another forgettable film all of which was ordered from wish.com I think the next niche is in Kevin Smith films and even then he probably needs Matt Damon's help all that said I still show up to watch and usually usually leave no worse off all in all it's another meh from me
1: wow Tell us how you really feel.
4: <laughs> uh, then
2: we've got Katie McRae, who says, I found it interesting that the legacy of Charleston is bank robbery, which makes for an exciting action-adventure movie. Once Doug McRae meets Claire Kesey, he begins to want to break out of the family business. He also needs to hide a relationship with her for their key witness, Claire. Uh, I especially love it when Claire decides to warn Doug the FBI are at her apartment waiting for him, saying it's like one of my sunny days, referring to when her brother died. I also like that doug puts the stolen money to good use by handing it to claire and building the ice rink for her kids i also thought blake Lively did a good job with her part in the movie she did a great job as a tramp jeremy renner's character was so trigger happy and unhinged and of course i love the red Sox and fenway park and i can't wait to see them play there again and finally i love doug Doug mcgray's (laughs) surname it sounds a lot like someone else's i know and love even though they're spelled a bit differently
1: that is great
2: (laughs) Uh, then we get Andy Dixon, who said, hadn't seen it before and watched it Saturday night. Really enjoyed the film. We'll probably rewatch. watch so I didn't take it in as I was very tired.
1: Well, oh, there you go. Adam
2: we've got Juleen.
1: Juleen, Juleen, <laughs>
2: This It's one of my husband's favourite movies, and I've been meaning to see it, and I think it's pretty formulaic. It follows the Colito's Way blueprint. I thought the way they play with the exposure was interesting, and the chase scene was more exposed than the rest of the movie. Also, the scenes with Claire in it and the good area, I completely understand wanting to leave the hood and having so-called friends try and keep me there. I really enjoyed this movie but took points off for it being a little bit predictable. And then finally, we have got Dwayne Smith who says... Dwayne Smith?! I don't mind admitting that I've struggled a bit with Reverend Bruce, Bruce's previous choices but with this one I am right on board. It ticks so many boxes for me. I love a heist movie. I love a gangster movie. This touches on both. It's also incredibly tense, another thing I love and even manages to throw a love story into the mix as well. Ben Affleck uh, directs this with, and with Argo he's shown it's, he's something, it's something he is pretty good at. He was out of flight uh, favor with Hollywood at the time but I think this was a first step in reinstating him at the table also this his acting is sublime he really reminds you what a great actor he is uh, Jeremy Renner plays a totally different character than anything I'd seen him play before understated but so menacing he is so cold it's terrifying he really impressed me I went into this knowing nothing about it was blown away by it very interested to hear what Reverend Bruce has to say and what the BFE team think
1: well Dwayne uh, Georgia wasn't a fan Mm. Uh, (laughs) Dwayne doesn't like Alice in Wonderland we have our differences you have your differences Um, thank you very much Uh, just a couple here from the uh, fledgling fandom over on the Twitter Uh, first off uh, let me take a look here it would be hey it's your sister (laughs) <laughs> says reverend bruce does it again this is a film i didn't want to view twice so i truly cannot comment on it but i'm just tweeting about a massive happy birthday to my felicity that'll be my niece we love you to the moon the sun and the rainbow alien planet and back so happy birthday felicity happy
2: birthday Happy felicity.
1: birthday <laughs> birthday birthday, woo woo woo
2: birthday birthday woo woo, woo.
1: um Carlo from the movie loot says it's a good film, a very formulaic by the numbers story saved by great direction from Affleck and some solid performances, especially Jeremy Renner and Pete Postlethwaite who was always good on everything. Hashtag RIP. Um, I'm sure you'll talk about it, but there's an alternate ending that's worth checking out. I learned about it from the film effect pod. I think Sean preferred it to the theatrical and I might agree. Oh, I've seen that. What happens, Reverend Bruce? Do you know?
3: Oh,
0: Okay, remember when Ben Affleck comes to Renner and says, hey, we're going to go hurt someone, but you can't say anything about it. Yep. And they go in and beat the crap out of those guys who had been taunting Claire yeah, yeah, yeah. in the projects. And Renner says, there goes college soccer, and they shoot him. Yeah. One alternate ending is those guys accost Ben Affleck and kill him.
1: Oh, wow. Oh,
0: I, it wasn't in the director's cut, but I saw it in the alternate ending. I thought, oh, that's rough.
1: That is that is definitely rough. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I, uh, that
0: may I think that's what he's referring to. He could say otherwise.
1: Yeah, yeah. When Doug goes for the car, um, Alex the gangster got sandbagged in the apartment. Shows up with two of his accomplices. He shoots Doug dead.
0: Yes! Wow! Oh, it's rough.
1: Powerful, jeez! And
0: a- and Affleck said um audiences just didn't like that.
1: No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. So I think now I in the, the book,
0: <laughs> you know how it ends in the book is that Claire Keazi turns them all in and they all die.
2: Oh! Wow! wow. Again, I think I would have preferred. Which less. is.
1: Yeah. That would have made an interesting
2: mistakes, film. It, then, Like it, this ends on a bit of a... Uh,
1: and then she has to leave for a better... And she yeah. can then choose to leave. It's very poetic. Yeah. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. Um, let's take a look here and go... Oh, are there more? are there more. What am I doing here? Uh, doobie, 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 dooby. We had uh, the film effect pod uh ed and friends say love this movie so much we covered this last year ourselves it was a really fun episode looking forward to hearing the views of the flick from the bfe team you guys are incredible hey thanks a lot ed we always Hi. appreciate your positivity uh, the mm. like, way, I, I tagged ben affleck so he's getting all of these tweets him. <laughs> 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 not a hashtag like i added him <laughs> uh, well who knows uh, good movie just uh, recasted the podcast good movie dark and gritty not super rewatchable i think i would i would gladly go down this road again but that's me um not that's the measure of a great film which i think i've talked about before just because you would watch it again doesn't mean it's a great film just because like i don't need to see um the pianist that many times in my life but i know it's a great film so i imagine whenever i get around to watching schindler's list i will find that to be an amazing film and then go yeah i don't need to see this again for a while yeah yeah as opposed to pizza. Because pizza's good multiple times. Yep. Yeah. Uh yeah. let's take a look now and go. If you liked this film or episode, you would like Point Break. You would like The <laughs> Departed. You would like the movie The 25th Hour. You would like the Next Three Days. You would like The Fighter. You would like Perfect Storm. You would like Gone Girl. You would like Argo. There we go. Got a bunch. <laughs> Argo was, I believe, Ben Affleck's directorial debut.
4: I, I seen think it. so.
1: It's great. Yeah. I think it was Best Picture. Mm. I like, think. Like, Duke, it, can, it Duke did. can direct. Yeah. It did. So, there you go.
0: There's another Boston movie, Manchester by the Sea. It oh, has seen, Casey Affleck I haven't in it. I've seen oh, that one. Yeah. I've heard, I heard wonderful
1: things about it. Yeah.
0: I love that movie. It's really
1: good. Somebody go, Because
0: Manchester by the Sea is a, a northern suburb of Boston.
1: So there you go, Reverend Bruce approves. So
0: it's filmed there. And yeah, that's one I've thought of bringing at some point. I can't remember if it, it's it's really good. No it has Lucas Haas in it, Casey Affleck.
1: Brother, if you want to come on again, we will we will we will waive some of the numbers yeah. for you if we need to, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but though that's a really good one. Um so there we go. Uh it's time for our ratings. Our ratings. Let should we start with Georgia? <laughs> and we'll and, and we'll move up <laughs> from there. Did you did you want age game or Oh my word. i don't have it in my notes here. here let's let's hit the button. I never want to my age. What's
4: my age again? What's my age again?
1: Sorry, I did, I did have limits. it in my notes. I just missed it. Uh, I, I'm probably going to clip the part where you go, hey, do you want the age game? And that's going to be our new intro for the gonna, Hey, do you want the age game? I'm never going <laughs> to. That's all, that's all play the age game. What you got, Ethan?
4: Uh, we've got Ben Affleck. Oh. 42.
1: 46. Raven Bruce? Uh,
0: 39.
1: Uh Brother Bruce the Close, she's 37.
4: Wow, I was way ah. hard. Jeez. Uh we've, then we've okay. Yeah. Uh then we've got Jeremy Renner. Hmm.
1: Uh, 36.
2: 34. 35.
4: 38. I win. Georgia. Ah. <laughs> hmm. Uh Rebecca Hall. Mmm. <laughs> Thirty two. Hmm.
1: Twenty
2: nine.
0: Hey, my head says 30, but my relative says 32 because that's how old she is. So I'm going to say 32.
4: 27. A yeah. whole 10 years younger than
0: Affleck.
4: Whoa. Uh, She's we, 27? Whoa. Yeah. Then we have uh, John Ham.
1: Hmm. 43. Yeah, you're close. 44. 45. No, he's 38. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he's, you're like, yeah, you're really close. He's one year older than Affleck?
3: What? Yeah. Then again, I he's thought,
1: the same age as Renner. Then again, I thought Affleck was like 46. So who do I know? What, what, what do I know? What
2: are you on about oh, this yeah. evening?
1: <laughs> and then finally we have Blake Lively. Oh.
2: Hmm. Mm, 30.
1: I'm going to go 27 again. I'm going to go 28. Twenty-two. Whoa. Wow! What? Fifteen years Whoa. between her and Affleck. Whoa! Whoa! Jeez! I see. I was going for that ten-year gap again. I was like, yeah. "Wow, that's insane." Well, actually, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense because Rebecca Hall then becomes the adult, grown-up choice.
3: Yeah. On, yeah. A,
1: on a subliminal level, yeah, she's not the kid who's stuck in this. And we got told we should have. We should have listened. How many? You know, she was never twenty-three-year-old. Yeah. That's what we say about the mom, right? Yeah. So there we go interesting very interesting all right now it's time for ratings georgia go ahead start us off low
2: uh yeah no i am starting off quite low um we reviewed the gray man today and i would much rather watch the gray man again and i preferred the gray man and all these things despite it having like 50 percent less on rotten tomatoes so yeah even though i like i could pick apart different bits in both of those films but that's just my barometer today um and i think i said on that that obviously it was only a see or skip it so it wasn't like um a full rating or a full review but i said i'd have given that like six and a half seven so this is this is a six i, oh, I, I don't like it much. H- higher than i thought you were going with it i've learned i've learned
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to go back and re- reassess your transpotting grade then
2: uh yeah zero <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh Ethan Uh I really did like this. Um like even with the characters of I, I, I love a heist movie and I I know it's like some innate lizard man thing where I just like to see hyper hyper violence and when he's like, Hey come here, I got a secret and he shoots him. I I loved that. I loved every second of this. Um I'm going eight and a half uh florists out of ten. Florists. <laughs> Okay, Uh, Reverend Bruce
0: okay we've litigated what 10s are and what 9s are this (laughs) isn't the greatest film ever and by the way I'm putting in the I'm going to bring what I think is the greatest film ever at some point I'm thinking what that is
1: we look forward to it
0: yeah I I'm thinking what would I bring but this is a favorite film And Georgia hit on why New England and Boston are so much a part of my life that sways it. It, It's huge. It's just a huge part of my life. It's been a part of my life my whole life. Plus the fact that I like the heist and the love story. So I'm going to give it nine huge black bags of money. I've stolen (laughs) (laughs) money.
1: Oh. I'm really having a hard time between two numbers here. Uh, I think I know where I want to go with it. I had a lot of fun with this film uh, in a different way than I had fun with Air Force One. Air Force One is just good max blockbuster, simple sort of rules, shoot them down kind of fun. This was something a little bit, I I just talked myself into it, something just a little bit more. And, uh, the acting is fantastic. I liked, yeah, does it have its weaknesses? Yes. Is it clearly written by a series of male screenwriters, including Mr. Ben Affleck himself? Yes, it is. Okay. But I think there's room for that kind of movie as well as other kinds of movies uh, as well. Um, in this, so I'm going to go with what I thought was some powerful performances, very well directed, a little schmaltzy on the ending, but an anti hero that I got behind in the end. Um, I'm going to go with the one thing that was missing. I know something about Boston, and something was missing from this, so I'm adding in here. Eight and a half, where the heck are all the Dunkin' Donuts? Where are the donkeys? Out of 10. Uh, America I runs on Dunkin'. Uh,
0: there was one scene in Dunkin' Donuts. Was there really? His first... Oh. Yes. I meant to point out I grew up on Dunkin' Donuts. That was
1: it's a huge boston institution it is huge boston so that's probably on my bucket there list was- at some point is to go to boston go see a baseball game but also to have some dunkin donuts proper dunkin donuts
4: yeah i've only had british dunkin donuts and like they're, they're kind of weak
1: <laughs> oh
4: we used to have one in so cambridge you- <laughs> which is now ironic thinking about cambridge oh, is it not there anymore yeah no it's been replaced with like some antique bookshop which uh. is still great but it's not a dunkin Donuts. i knew where that one was i was like i need to yeah. go in there at
1: some point no nope.
4: It was right opposite the comic shop, so yeah. it was great to like get a donut, get a coffee, uh, get a comic, and then go my way, and it's, it's it's gone. Yeah. Well, Ian,
0: if you come over here, I will buy you a ticket. To Fenway Park, and we
1: will go. Oh, I'm in. I'm oh, totally. oh, yeah, that will happen. Like this is absurd. Yeah, of, yep. so you hear, you hear that, Russell Osborne. You strike when the iron's hot. When you think <laughs> you see me, you say hello. <laughs> 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 Next time, Russell's going to find you, and he's just going to have a box
4: of donuts. He's just going to tackle me. Yes. Yeah. You know, like when we'll you go to the
2: like, an airport and people have like the signs that have got like your name on it. Yeah. It'll just, it just be a box of donuts. No, absolutely. That's
1: going to be fantastic. <laughs> well, but-
0: We'll buy a box of Dunkin Donuts and go to Fenway Park and sit on top of the green monster.:
1: There you go. We'll Ooh. find some British alternative if you find your way over here good <laughs> sir. Um Georgia. We, ha- we have a range today actually of outcomes. Oh, not really. Ethan and I doubled up. But you know, wh- who was the, the voice of the people? Was it you or was it us? It was me. Oh, was it really? Wow. Where'd, where'd come yeah, out to? It
2: comes out to a seven. Really? Yeah. Huh. So there is there is a nine in there, but there's also a four in there. So Curiosity. Okay, n-
1: n- name and shame. <laughs> who's the nine? Who's the four?
2: I'm coming. Hang on. I didn't write that down.
1: The Did four you, is Hermes. Yeah, Without gotta question, be. the four has got to be Hermes. I bet the nine's mm-hmm. Julene. I'm going to say the nine's Nate the Great. Uh, Ooh, maybe.
2: Uh, yeah, no, Julie Not Juline. Juline was a six. Oh,
4: wow.
2: Uh, not Andy... Casey was an Swain eight. Da, da, da. The four was Hermes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the nine was, of course, it's the first one. It's got to be the Dwayne end. or
1: Nate the Great. It's be it, was Nate. it was Nate. Hey, it Nate. I know the peeps. <laughs> So the men that have voted with me, but 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 I am a man of the people, if not the voice of the people. We'll see. <laughs> uh, so there we are. So uh, as as always, a billion thanks to Reverend Bruce. I feel like Yay! I should bring this up because we're <laughs> never going to misunderestimate you, my good friend. Um, <laughs> you sent me a message to say that this is basically we, we're just we've just passed your one year experience of fun in the podcast, and I thought wow. it was much longer than that. If I'm being wow. honest. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Yeah, it was one year and one week
1: ago. Was it really? That's, That's insane. Amazing. It feels like wow. so much longer I, than that. Yeah.
0: No, I sent a Facebook message and your friend Ellie picked it up. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's the one to mention. And I letter. remember,
0: she's- I remember you saying you it came across your phone when you were out for George's birthday.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Oh. Yeah. There we are.
0: Because I went back and listened. On, it was during the Notebook i'm a huge cyclist and i listen to podcasts while i cycle and when i'm on vacation i just go nuts on it that's how that's how it started
1: yeah because you were up holding was was it maine yeah love maine beautiful part of the of the country Um. Yeah, and I remember you were getting a hold of me saying, "How do I access the archives?" And at the time, you could only do like a hundred episodes yes. in the back catalog. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yep. uh, then I remember there was some. Di- they changed it to three hundred. I went, "We're good," and we will be for about yeah. I don't know another year, four months. Really, <laughs> we're up around two hundred and seventy yeah. or something oh, like okay. that now. Yeah, so all that content's got to go I somewhere. F-
0: yeah, I found you just on a random Google search because I was looking for deep dot. There's thousands of movie podcasts. Yeah. And there there I, are. I can get reviews off Rotten Tomatoes. I wanted deep dive podcasts that dug in and that were lasted a few hours, and that was it. And I thought, this is really good. It's it started.
1: I'll tell you what—you've opened my ears to the rewatchables. <clears throat> Because you're a big fan of them, and you used to talk to me about some of some of some of their formats and what you liked about them, what you liked about us, and uh, I've given them a listen to myself and trying not to get too swayed by it. But I gotta say, thanks a lot. It's 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 a great listen. So as far as your big super budget podcasts out there with the big sort of uh, celebrity hosts, I mean, it's fantastic. It really, really is. And uh, but I also appreciate the fact that you gave a bunch of. Uh, of, of amateurs a chance from over here in the UK. Really, <laughs> really appreciate that.
0: I actually like your movie selection a lot better because they do a lot that I've never seen or don't care so much about. Agreed. I think the best that you do is, um, keeping it above that criteria, that, it's like The Gentleman. That was really good. I've watched things that I never, I wouldn't have thought of watching, but I thought, oh, that was good. I'm glad I saw that. And The Hate You Give. and
1: Yeah. Shout out to Hermes and Julien for both those picks. Yeah.
0: They were both really good. I probably wouldn't have watched, well, The Hate You Give, I would have, because that was really powerful. But The Gentleman, but uh, I probably wouldn't. I had COVID during the time, and so I had to watch <laughs> it afterwards. That was, oh, I was so exhausted. That was quite good.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were a big fan of that one. It's kind of halfway between sort of Film Review Podcast and a little bit of a film club at the same time, so mm-hmm. that's been good. It's, I really love mm-hmm. it when I get a first watch. I don't get a whole lot of them as the one who schedules most of them. For the most yeah. part, it's stuff that I'm familiar with. So usually it's the Patreon backers or Liam
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who bring the stuff I haven't seen before. So uh, yeah, it's always great, and it's always fantastic to talk with you, whether it's uh, – whether it's about a film or even just shooting the breeze it's always great having you yeah
0: so that It's br- good to be on this is fun hey
1: <laughs> i like that um <laughs> Uh, thanks to the rest of our Patreon backers. That would be Julene, Hermes, Dwayne Smith, uh, Reverend Bruce's better half, Katie, Ian Davies, Lena Oberholzer, Chris Peterson, Randall Silva, the Eatmeister, Nate the Great and Cheesy with we're a fish on, on a bike. bike and Andy Dixon <laughs> and Andy Dixon. I didn't put his name on there.
2: I even copied and pasted the wrong one. I've
1: copied. I haven't updated that <laughs> one. So it's time for IQ Georgia to talk about what we're doing next week. Yep. Ready? Okay. You found this week, Georgia, a little bit gritty. Yeah. Yeah. It's been it's been a little bit it's been a little bit hard, I think, in general lately. So I'm trying to make things a little bit better. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And we're here for you as a podcast group. A family like, almost. I feel like if you're you
2: setting me up to like let me fall.
1: No, I'm not. Because it's important people are beside you, right? Yeah. In fact, one movie even said life's a happy song when there's someone by your side to oh! sing along. Are we so, Are we a man or are we a Muppet? We will find yeah! out next week as we do 2011's <laughs> The Muppets. I love oh, the this Muppets. is the birthday birthday present ever. Oh, so here we go. So, 20, yeah, the 2011 version, folks. So I think it's available on Disney+. Plus. Amy Adams, yeah. yeah, Amy yeah. Adams Jason Segel. Yeah. That's the version you want. The version I was so terrified
2: was going to be bad. Was
1: going to be bad and walked in. And we'll see how I felt about that. Uh, but yeah, this is my pick. This, is, this, is, this isn't an anniversary. This is, this is my pick. So I decided to go with some Muppets after everything I want. I want other things felt gritty. I'm like, it's the summer. I want to be happy.
3: Yes. That's yeah. what I want.
1: So a little bit of happiness with that. So that's what we're doing next week. Get your thoughts in on that. One more time. Again, thanks to Reverend Bruce. Woo, please, thank you. And please join us next week when we tackle the Jason Segel penned yeah. reboot, sequel, all of the above, The Muppets. Yay. <laughs> For Best Film Ever, I've been Ian. I've been Ethan. I've been Reverend Bruce.
2: And I've been Georgia.
1: And again, we can't say enough thanks to our special guest, Reverend Bruce. And after all, we know we'll see you again. In this life or the other. <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. Hold on, Boston. The flippity-flip-flop. <laughs> <laughs> Boston. Uh, first time I saw this... Uh oh, what's happening?
2: That's not good. <laughs> it said no.
4: Yes. I had a little. Uh, yeah, I think if you just talk again. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Coming through the mics. Coming through the mics. Yeah. I had, yeah. I Check. had a little panic for a second. No, I'm sort of like my computer just yeah.
1: decided it was going to shut down. I'm like, don't do this to me now. <laughs> I was
4: I was like listening, and then you said the town, and then it just a massive mm. image of my face appeared. And I was like, what have I done? I thought something run.
1: And the girl uh, sees a leprechaun on the back of one of the assailants' neck, the one who's really, um, who's like using the butt of the gun to just destroy Victor Garber. Uh, oh, no, it's doing it again. Oh, it's restarting. I really could have used with my whirring hard drive mm-hmm. an episode that I didn't have to edit a whole lot. Yeah. Because I need to do it t- before I go tomorrow. Yeah. I need to have it edited and uploaded because I might be without my laptop for a few days. Yeah. So I also want to have the one we did earlier. And that'll be easy enough, because that's just putting a start and a finish on it, and I'm done. Can you hear us through the mics? Yes, I can. All right. <laughs> Where did you hear up to?
4: Oh, God, I have no idea. Uh- I remember Garbo was getting uh, beaten by the by the tattoo. All right, give me a couple seconds, then I'll hit my thing, and then I'll...
1: Now let's not all jump ahead and welcome Reverend Bruce just yet, because we know it takes <laughs> it takes people a little bit to verify their audio and stuff like that, as well as their visuals. Well, I have lost Ethan, though. All I can see is Reverend Bruce on the screen. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, you are. Oh, it's, oh, it's You've doing got that it thing. On
2: that setting, though, it flips oh, between how, the one that's. Talking. How do I do uh, that?
1: Is it here? I don't know. How gallery, is. yeah. Is it? Yeah. You got better eyes mode. than me. It's so I'm on speaker
2: I? mode. That one. That one. That one.
1: Yeah. There we are. Hey. Okay. So while Reverend Bruce is just connecting uh to this i hope can you hear me we can hear you we can't see you but we we, we can hear you now sir there we are there we are oh i hit it there you go beautifully backlit oh look who's joining me with a cat look this is ollie
4: where's mine there's mine
2: I'm being really careful, I shouldn't say that word too loudly. Pippin's asleep on the sofa. He
4: knows he might that re- word well, yeah, respond. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is
0: Ollie the tuxedo. I brought the cats with me. There you go. <laughs> he'll be good. He'll probably whoa. He'll be sleeping on the ta- he'll be sleeping on the table. <laughs> Love that. The, the other one's upstairs. The calico mom is upstairs. There we go. And she'll she'll probably show up.
1: So, I don't know how I'm going to edit this together, but I'll just say hey, we've been joined by Reverend Bruce, BFF of the BFE. Woo! <laughs>